Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. And speaking of the word high, it's a front page of making the independent this morning. Temperatures could top 32.2 degrees. Uh, that was recorded 15 years ago. Uh, heat warnings have been issued, particularly, as I say, for the middle of the country. So they're talking about that kind of a surge uh, today and indeed tomorrow now. The Independent also picks up on something I was telling you earlier in the week. Ireland's all-time heat record was 33.3, recorded at Kilkenny Castle in 1887. Will that be beaten? There's a downside to all of this, and they say um, uh, global warming. Uh, Mind you, I don't think anybody was talking about global warming when we had heat waves in the past. And, of course, we had a few of them, and some of them were quite ferocious. But uh, it seems to be a worry. John Kerry is is saying that we have 100 days to save the next 100 years. I mean, it's kind of alarming when you hear him putting it like that. But ice cream, burgers, barbecue sales, fans... I saw a crazy article yesterday somewhere saying this is how much it'll cost you in electricity to leave a fan running indoors all day. But beach resorts are at 100% capacity. Sun seekers flocking for the coast. And of course, there's a run on ice creams and fans and burgers and barbecues and all sorts of things like that. People are urged to be sun smart, though, according to the Echo, as temperatures continue to soar and will do so for the next couple of days. And we could be hitting drought conditions uh, with temperatures like that. And Irish Water asking people, please conserve water. You know, uh, don't be overusing it. And I know it's a difficult thing to be asking people to do, but don't be filling pools and you know, running hoses and stuff like that. The grass, they say, will recover. And drivers are also being told to be careful while driving. You might feel a bit drowsier driving in very hot conditions, they're saying, and you're more likely to have a crash in summers like this. So there you have it. And then it was bound to happen. All sorts of confusion. And where's the first confusion? Malta. Why? Well, they only want fully vaccinated people. Um, And apparently there's about 25 Irish tourists who went into Malta yesterday being told that they had to quarantine because their vaccine cards weren't acceptable. They didn't have the COVID cert. They didn't have the QR. So they brought their card. You know the one? It's got the two serial numbers uh, of the vaccine doses that you got. Well, they're not accepting that. So into quarantine they go uh, without their digital COVID certificate. Um, these would be people who would be fully vaccinated. And don't you know that Malta is only welcoming people who are fully vaccinated? So that's a headline I'm making the mail. Vaccine cert holiday hell. Uh, and another one that could be quite worrying, and just to alert you, parents planning foreign holidays are being warned by some creches and some childcare facilities that their children won't be able to go back to the creche for a fortnight after returning home from a sun holiday overseas. That kind of 14-day, uh, I don't know whether you'd call it quarantine or isolation, but certainly not welcome back to the creche for 14 days. And the digital cert helplines are swamped. They put in the second one yesterday. I gave out both numbers. I'll do so again this morning. That one got swamped as well. Callers complaining, being left hours waiting for a response Uh, And the Department of Health has admitted that many will be waiting an hour and a half or longer. So I suppose, you know, just have a good think as to whether it really is worth waiting online for a couple of hours. Um, And minutes make the papers in more ways than one because we now know, of course, that the 105 minute limit for indoor dining has been scrapped. There'll be no sitting at the bar next week, but the kids will be allowed. There will be checks for the cert. And they actually tell us exactly how you can see changes in hospitality next week. So the 105 scrapped, two metres between tables with children, one metre between tables with no children, 
I mean, talk about making the children feel like as if, you know, that they're the problem. Six adults to a table, half 11 closing time, increased ventilation, the installation of CO2 monitors. If CO2 goes up, apparently, that could be an issue with regards to the spread of all sorts of viruses, not just this one. Designated entry and exit points, QR scanning at the door. Really? Will that be up and running? I think it'll be visual for a time yet. But what's kind of a bit strange is that if you leave a table or you go out for a fag and come back in again, you get a stamp. So now they're stamping body parts. But what can you do? What can you do? So that's pretty much it with regards to what will happen next week. And when next week, the 26th, the Michael O'Donovan from the Castle Inn and the Vintners said that they are looking forward to getting going again. In fact, he says in the Echo today, uh, unfortunate that we have to ask people for their vaccine status, but it's for the betterment of society. He says, we don't want any Vintners to go rogue on this one. We don't want a scenario where we have to take a step back again. Um, I may well come back to this later on, but we all know that there will be publicans and restaurateurs who will never ask somebody's vaccine status, will never ask to see their COVID cert, and will never ask to see um, whether or not they have been vaccinated. They just won't do it. Uh, and there are many restaurateurs who won't do it either. I mean, particularly to, lo- to, res- to people who have been coming into them for years, loyal customers. You're not going to, I mean, maybe you will, but I'm, I'm talking to restaurateurs who are saying, there is no way that I'm asking a regular whether they've been vaccinated or not and been coming into me for 15 or 20 years. There is no way I'm going to turn somebody away. Um, you know, that's a, that's a worry. It, Sydney's a big problem, of course, and Australia is in general. Big problem for the Australian government now is that they were so slow vaccinating people. They're only 10% of the population vaccinated. And it's come back now and it's bitten them on the bum. Um, because there's a story in just reminding us of the corona, coronavirus in places like Sydney and indeed Melbourne because they're under very tight restrictions amid the growing Delta outbreak and it's a story that makes the Times today. Uh, But without wanting to blind you with statistics, one in five in hospital now with COVID are uh, people who have been fully vaccinated. So one in five in hospital, fully vaccinated. And also some of the spikes are coming out. The biggest spikes are coming out of Galway and Mayo. So one in five in the hospital have been double vaccinated and they have COVID. Uh, and you can get COVID even though you're vaccinated. And almost a third of the new cases in the past two weeks have been children. So it's just, you know, I mean, hospital numbers are down and are low. And in fact, I think they dropped actually. And, and ICU numbers are quite low. So none of that is a real worry at this stage. So other stories making the papers today. Something you heard in the news there with the amount of people looking for treatment for cocaine and crack cocaine doubling and trebling in the last five years. And I may well come back to this uh, court case yesterday where, um, you know, we had to, to deal with the death of Liam Manley uh, and the um, prosecution and jailing um, of uh, O'Loughlin. I know we've been covering this for, for quite some time. Uh, this is a story from the Garden City Apartments. Um, O'Loughlin eventually got, uh, originally it was 18 years, but because of mitigating factors, it was reduced to 14 with two suspended. So he's probably going to be released because he went into custody in 2013. He's expected to be released in 2022. You'll remember it. He pushed um, Mr. Manley, Liam Manley, down the rubbish chute. But there was a bend in the rubbish chute, and of course Mr. Manley got stuck in it. Uh, and died there. So there's court reports on that making the papers today. Um, the ever-changing world where they really don't want you physically in banks anymore uh, because they want to move it all online. Even though the AIB said that they're closing six Cork branches because there's not enough customers going in. 
I think it probably suits them uh, because they want to move things online and want to have less with regards to uh, actual bricks and mortar. And, and Simon, Co- <laughs> Simon Coveney's Simon Coveney's jet bill. Um, I was talking about Simon Coveney earlier in the week and giving him the thumbs up with regards to the the brand new Hall Boland Park. But I suppose. You know, <laughs> Just around the corner, there's a negative story, unfortunately, with our politicians. And it has to do with, uh, I I thought we always had our own jet. Didn't we have the government jet? Did they get rid of that? I suppose they got old and failed the NCT. So now they're leasing jets, the Bombardier Global 6000 executive jet. What flew him to China at the cost of 8,000 euro an hour? Fair play on the air miles there. Fair play on the carbon footprint. Eight grand an hour to China. And then a hotel bill of 6680 on the luxury hotel in Guiyang. Well, you don't want him staying in an Airbnb now, do you? I mean, you don't want the foreign affairs minister staying in a guest house, do you? But 8,000 euro an hour to fly the jet. <laughs> I mean, got to be a better way. Uh, and then lots of Olympic-type stories, which I'll come back to throughout the course of the morning, because I want to start bigging up our own Cork Olympians, and we've lots of them. So I want to start giving them shout-outs as well, and we'll start on that a little later on. But the games mightn't go ahead, you know, according to the Mail this morning, because of a drastic spike in coronavirus cases. And Chiefs are warning that the whole thing could be just called off. But one new sport that's made the Olympics is cheerleading. Yay! Go Olympics! So cheerleading makes its way into the Olympics. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But the other one that I actually do think that there is something wrong with is the story of the Norwegian beach handball team. Um, This is different to volleyball, I think. Um, But they do have very strict protocols when it comes to the gear you wear. Um, and And it does involve sand and nets. But apparently they're... Norwegian beach handball team girls were fined for not wearing bikini bottoms. They turned up for a game in Bulgaria apparently in shorts um, and got fined for it because apparently it's not the proper kit. The rules state that they that female players must wear bikinis, male players wear vest tops and shorts. There's something wrong about that, isn't there? They just think there's something wrong about that as to what's the big deal if they want to go in shorts and not bikinis. I mean, bikinis are so kind of yesterday when it comes to, you know, I think when it comes to, say, sport or what a girl or a woman might want to wear. But there you have it nonetheless. And there's lots of other stories then on different topics. Nice color ones. Um, I love this one actually up in um, Clifton and County Galway. This guy's built the most luxurious public toilet. It'll cost you three fifty to use it, uh, but this is the five star of public toilets, and it has uh, two to three full time staff in there. So there'll be no holding the door for the next fella going in here. It's three fifty, or you're not going in. But I'm talking seriously plush. It's called the Ulu Commercial Toilet Pods. I mean, we could do it buying a few from this guy, couldn't we? We could put one on the Grand Parade. We could put another down. We could put another at the lock, for instance. Um, I think you guys could come up with other places to put them. Uh, But would you spend three fifty? to spend a penny? That's another question. The Neil Prenderville Show. I suppose you would if you were desperate enough. Tap it, tap and go, I suppose. You wouldn't necessarily need the money, but 
Lines open, 1850-104-106. You can text to 0868-104-106. A uh, lot of calls to get through, a lot of texts, a lot of emails. And I want to pick up on yesterday's scam call from yesterday with poor Christina who lost huge amounts of money. Because I should have some audio for you a little later on of a Cork man who, rec- who recorded the conversation. And we're just attempting to edit it way down. I can understand, actually, why Christina was four hours on the phone with the scammers. Because they take their time. They put you on hold for a long, long time. And then come back, put you on hold again, and then come back. Um, it's quite interesting. It's quite funny, actually, if it wasn't so serious. But anyway, lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Caroline, good morning. Good morning. How are so, I'm good. So there was a 30th, uh, your niece's 30th on Saturday night, wasn't there? Yeah, and I was. we were driving through town from the 30th and... Neil, I understand the youth are frustrated. They've no nightclubs and stuff like that, but there's no need for that, you know what I mean? Yeah, now you're not the first person to say that Saturday night was particularly bad, whether it was Kennedy Key or the Grand Parade. Yeah. So what time was it? What did you see? It was half eleven. My brother weren't drinking, so he gave me a lift home from the party, you know, which is handy. And basically he was driving through Grand Parade. And literally, there would have been youths, we say, late teens, early 20s. That's right, yeah, at max, yeah. Yeah, and there was kind of two different races there, and basically there was a big gang fight broke out, and I felt sorry for the the guard because he tried to break it up, and he went into the ground as well. When you say two different groups, were the two different groups... Different, different ethnic groups, one white and one, say, Asian or black, and they were fighting each other, is it? Yeah, they, it looked like they were all fighting each other, you know, and it was on the ground and stuff, but I got an awful fright because as my brother was driving, they were just went so out of control, they were actually coming onto the bonnet of the car to get... Ah, yes, I got a text on Monday about them fighting on the bonnets of cars out in the middle of the road, so you were one of the cars, yeah. Yeah, I was one of the cars and it was very nerve-wracking because I freeze as well fresh and like we had all the windows open because, you know, it was very hot and stuff. And um, I, I just got an awful freak because about three times, they, like they could have got knocked down. My brother had to stop a load of times, you know, that kind of way. It's incredible, and isn't it? It's just something you don't expect to see. It's something, like, I understand they're frustrated. Like, they looked very angry, you know, that kind of way. Yeah, yeah. And it was like they were full of energy and they were shouting at people at the other side. But in the meantime, more guards came along. Like, And it was like, literally, it was only two guards there with all that crowd. You know, that kind of way. Yeah, I think that maybe they should be able to anticipate a bit more the possibility of trouble at half past 11 on a Saturday night on the Grand Parade, you know? You didn't see any squad cars passing, paddy wagons, the big white fans, huh? I one came towards the uh, oh sorry, you know, I I obviously the other guards look for backup but I'm hearing from a lot of people there was a lot of trouble done by the marina as well. There were twelve arrests on Saturday night, by all accounts. Some yeah, of them could have been the Grand Parade. Like if I was going and I don't know, I'd come home by eight o'clock and I, a few people know about my age would do the same, you know, because it's too messy and it's like what if the fight came down on top of you? You know, and it's like, what if you were going to Hillbillies and it just happened so fast, it was no, actually no, so scary. No. You, like. couldn't, you couldn't recommend really hand on heart to anybody to be walking the Grand Parade or areas like that, say after Very 9 or 10 o'clock at night. And then it's very hard to get a taxi. Is it? And Is it really? 
Yeah, it's, it'd be hard because there's that much taxis on. And it's like, as I said, we were in the car. And I wasn't expecting that at all. That's why I said I got such a point because I was saying, like, are they going to come into the car? Do you know, I freeze. Like, it just went so out of control. I, I just think they could probably do with more guards on the street. And did you eventually just pick your way through in the car then through it, is it? We went through it, yeah, but it looked like they were fighting another gang on the other side. And it just went totally out of control and I'm after hearing a lot of stories since like that, you know, it's after happening in a load of places. Yeah, well, um, well, yeah. The, the Kennedy Key's a big problem as well with gangs gathering down there. A lot of the time they're drunk. A lot of the time they're on stuff. It could be ecstasy. Yeah. It could be coke. It could be tablets. I don't know what they're on, but you you say that they looked really angry. Of course, that's oh, testosterone really mixed with angry. drugs, and you know, it was like they really wanted to kill one other. You know that kind of way. And there was only two guards there to begin with. What I saw, I was like, and he looked a fine man, like the guard, and he was dragged to the ground trying to separate them, like, you know? You mean the, the guard was on the ground trying to break it up? Yeah, oh, he I'm came sorry. to the ground as well, trying to break it up, you know? That's what we saw. Does anyone we think that maybe they should have mace or they should have tasers? I would, to be honest, because I think it's getting very violent on the streets, you know? I think it's like, it was even on prime time last night, there are no about crack cocaine, you know? Crack cocaine um, is up five times the amount of crack cocaine yeah. since the... since. Um, well, it was about Dublin. No, Dublin would probably be very bad altogether, you know? Cocaine cocaine use is up, is, has trebled. It has, like, yeah. and it's like, you know, they're so angry and they're full of energy and it's like the government will probably have to do something for the streets because it's, it's, it's kind of intimidating, like, you know, it's like... You'll be afraid to pass. A few times I went out and I'd come, come home at nine o'clock because I heard so many stories, like, you know. Or as I said, like, we wouldn't be anti-youth or anything like that, like, but you can't, because we were young ones as well, but I mean, you can't be going that far. Then well, there's a, was there a lot of other people around besides those that were fighting who were just socialising? There would have been a lot of crowds there, but they would have been young. Yeah, but they were doing no harm to nobody. They were just socialising. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and as and, said, that's no, the difference. Really, there was a, there were young fellas, no, that kind of going up against one another, you know, that kind of way. Yeah, I know, I know. Do you think I this hope. will pass in time, though? Hopefully it will, because, like, an ordinary time, no one is not the cover when they're going out. I, I find there's not so many on the streets. I kind of think, like, since this, there's just so many on the streets, like, it could be, I mean, you wouldn't be used to it, like, because I'm going out in town years, you know. Well, it would be 12 arrests, as I say. Don't know how many of them would be underage or over 18 or prosecutable or what will happen with them, but it'll be interesting to see. Um, if they're underage, of course, they just get a caution and off they go. And maybe part of maybe maybe this is part of the fun, you know, getting a chase from the guards. Exactly. But I'd have to hear so many incidents, you know, in town, like whether it's over the COVID, no need or what, I don't know, but all the gangs in the street. Like it's like literally there's too many odds together, you know. I yeah. I'd actually go in there early and I'd come out by eight o'clock. Well, I think unfortunately that's the sensible thing. All right. Okay. Well listen, thanks um uh, thanks for taking the call because I'd heard of it, I had texts on it and emails, so it's good to talk to somebody who was caught up in the middle of it. Thanks, Caroline. No bother, thanks William. Bye. Cheers, take care. I mean, no matter what way you look at it, like we have had gang problems growing and it is growing and has been for a number of years. I'm not talking about the incidents that we reported down in Carrigaline. Sorry to the people of Carrigaline or 
Ballincollig, uh, you know, the, the Kennedy Key area, um, you know, the, the city centre. We're seeing more and more of it as the years go by. And this has been happening since COVID, but an awful lot more in the last year or so. I think to some extent uh, the city was kind of like a, a free for all there for for a long time when there was very little people going on. And unfortunately, these crowds kind of took it over. And now, of course, they're uh, they're there as people are trying to move about and socialize and get on with their own lives. Again, it's 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 up to you whether you you know want to go into the city late. It's a shame, really, isn't it? Because it spoils it for everybody. Uh, and everybody wasn't having it spoiled yesterday because they were out and about and they were at the beaches and some great photographs and videos during the rounds. And a super one, actually, because Roy Keane is home um, and uh, he's posting some lovely photographs on, on Instagram these days. But he was snapped down below in Yall yesterday, enjoying the sunshine. And Neville O'Donoghue posted a lovely photograph of Roy buying, you know, standing in for selfies and photographs with groups of people. And also apparently buying ice cream for the kids. Um, and uh, Neville said, Keen enjoying his time at home in Cork. Where better to go on a day like yesterday than the seaside town of Yall? And he was pictured with fans and even bought the kids ice creams. Um, it's a lovely, lovely photograph. Uh, and it's great to see him home. And it's great also that he's home when the weather is great because he gets to go out and do and see the places that he loves. Back after the break, text 0868104106. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 1851-04106. Red FM. There are two uh, digital cert helplines now for COVID-related questions and your uh, digital COVID pass and the QR thing and all that. It's the one 800 and the one eight hundred eight zero seven zero zero eight. Hope that makes sense to you. Those two numbers. Um, and uh, I got a screen grab from somebody who was calling it yesterday. This has got to be a record. Um, I have the proof of it here because the screen grab has the number one eight hundred eighty seventy zero eight. Um, five hours and twenty three minutes. Five hours and 23 minutes on hold. Uh, for feck's sake, they can't answer the phone calls, never mind policing the new regulations from next week in this new police state of ours. Uh, can't come to the phone, but thanks if you read this out, says Karen. That digital COVID line is ridiculous. It is zero helpful. I spent three hours on hold yesterday. Then the call got disconnected. And then I rang four hours with no answer. Four hours, no answer. And the line closed at half six. I rang again this morning on three mobile phones at half past eight and got through at 9.05. The guy on the phone was Irish, but very unhelpful. Um, I was fully vaccinated with the one dose Janssen through Boots on Monday the 5th and no cert received. So that was the reason for the phone call, right? A reasonable phone call to make, a reasonable question. Um, When I spoke to the gentleman this morning, they have no record of me being vaccinated on their system but I'm traveling to Spain on Saturday. Nightmare. He said he would investigate further and revert back by email, which I don't think will happen. What a joke. In total, it took seven hours. Yeah, you you would be deemed an emergency in my book. You have had your dose, your single dose. You had it on the 5th of July. You have no search. You're going to Spain on Saturday. Reasonable thing to do. Pick up the phone and ask, could you check the database there and let me know my status? Kevin, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Uh, I'm good. What do you make of that, though? The 1-800 number, five hours and 23 minutes on hold. Yeah, well, I, I thought I was bad with two hours, um, and I was terminated, but that's crazy. Crazy. So you were on hold for the two hours? Yeah. So um, my story is last Friday, I, I contacted them, and I actually got through because um, I haven't received my cert yet. 
So the person I got through last Friday was looking for my cert number and I said, I don't have it because I haven't received it. And they said, um, how was I contacted in relation to the vaccination? How were you vaccinated? Yeah, yeah. And they said, well, you'll be getting it by email. Give it a bit of time. Because you went to Parky Cueve or City Hall? Um, I actually went to CIT. You went to C- yeah, so, yeah, okay, CIT, those kind of ones, yeah. You didn't go to a GP, you didn't go to a, a, um, a pharmacy. You went no, to- no, and I'm vaccinated since May. May 23rd was my second jab, right? So they said that on Monday that the line would be open to generic uh, inquiries. So on Monday, I tried the first number. I think I tried to dial 40 times. And each time the call failed. And that's when you announced on Tuesday morning that there had been a second number added. So I started, I rang that exactly at 9.20 and I was on hold until 11.20 for two hours. But what happened on the second, like I was actually on on show researcher and I was taking count of how long I was there and I was counting down and exactly on two hours the call was terminated. Do you think it's on a timer? Well, I, I would have thought so until you said somebody was up to five now, so um, I don't know what to think now, but certainly on the precise second of two hours, mine was terminated. How does that feel after two hours of nothingness? Um, you have no idea. You have no idea. Like it's two hours of wasted time. Um, I'm very frustrated with the government. I'm very frustrated with the minister who was supposed to be in charge of this. And I was reading then all the headlines that... Um, they were adding additional staff in the coming months. Like, how ridiculous is that? Did the highest call volume is going to be no? What's the point in adding adding more people in a couple of months? It makes no sense. You know, when you're on hold for the two hours, like, obviously, do you have it on speaker so you're able to get on with doing other things, work or whatever? You're not yeah, literally. I'm, looking. I'm working from home, so my phone is in front of me on speaker. Every now and again, then you got this lovely American accent telling us. Um, your call is important. Your call is important to us. Exactly. And that just went on and on and on. And like after an hour, I was saying to myself, is it worth this? And then I wanted to see how long it would actually take. But when I got terminated, then I was unbelievably now, Why are you under pressure? What do you need to do? What do you, what do you need that cert for? Travelling um, Monday week. Would you be, in, if, let, let, let's hope it's resolved, but let's say it's not, right? Would you take your uh, COVID card, or sorry, your vaccine card that shows the two, the two, um, the two doses? Yeah, I, I would be very reluctant, Neil, because when they were issued, and there was an awful lot of talk that you could buy, you could buy one for a fiver, or you could edit one, or it could be anybody's, I would be very reluctant to go to an airport and they turn around and say, oh, we're not accepting that. Yeah. Well, there's an awful lot of people who have traveled already and I haven't heard of anybody having any problems in, say, Spain who have gone without the COVID cert but have gone with the card. I haven't had, I mean, maybe I will start getting it. Malta's a problem. They're not accepting that. Yeah. And yeah. even some of the news bites yesterday that I found, like the minister in charge of this was, was saying um, that this card will be acceptable, you know. It's coming, you're coming down to human judgment at the end. If you go to somebody in an airport and they just don't want to accept it, or they see a discrepancy that looks wrong, or like, are you, is your holiday going to be cancelled? Are you going to be allowed on the flight? I know. It's not a risk to take. 
So what happened after the two hours? I mean, was that it? Like you haven't, nobody's come back to you? Well, that was, <clears throat> that was it for me yesterday because I was so frustrated, but I have no choice but to try again. Like you, you said this morning, or no, it was said in the news by this morning that 55 people are manning it. Last week they were saying that there would be 90 people. Are you checking um, your spam? I have. I always, believe me, I work in IT. I've checked spam. I've checked everywhere. And I've gone back on the emails that I received about my vaccination. So the email address is correct. They have it. Um, but I haven't received anything. And there's nothing you can do online. You can't communicate online with a chat room or, or go well, in. And- I don't know if Brenda shared. I actually kept in contact with the email. I've actually emailed the minister in the Oireachtas uh, looking for help, but I haven't received a reply to that either. So would you consider, um, because I'm hearing that people who are in a situation like yours who are fully vaccinated and don't have a cert are being forced, because they're worried, forced to book antigen and PCR tests. Now, that, well, that's, they're not cheap, like, that they're saying, OK, well, I'm not going to take the card because I mightn't get out or get in. So I'll, take a, I'll get a PCR test instead. Well, in one way, Neil, I'm, I'm a bit lucky because it's Monday week. I still have some kind of time for it to arrive. Um, Where are you going? If, pardon? Where are you going? Spain, is it? Yeah. Yeah. To New York um, Monday week. Yeah. But if it doesn't, if I'm in the same predicament next week, well, then I'm going to have to start looking at those alternatives because I don't feel confident just using that piece of cardboard. I know we were given it when we got the vaccination saying this is important, but I didn't realise it was this important. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, the Spanish are taking the card. Okay, well, that's, that's a relief anyway. That, that's that's my understanding of it. They are taking well, getting the card. Back, getting back to the reason why you rang, I suppose it's got to do with the call. The, the call and line and the people trying to get through. Yeah. Like, there's, there's thousands of people like me. Yeah. Like, it's a similar situation, and I just think that the answer of that, a new, my, my, my email to you yesterday was like, it's great having a new phone line. But you need people there to answer it as well. Sure, I know, I know, I know. Actually, you're not the only one. I got a lot of emails and texts anyway. Okay, well, listen, do stay in touch and let me know if it improves or if you get it or if you get through, will you? I will, of course. Thank you. All right, cheers, Kevin. And, uh, of course, that is a bother, but somebody who's flying on Saturday, uh, of course, the clock is ticking a little bit faster there. Uh, lines open, one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Can you find out what's going on with the online HSC site for, say, in, for instance, other things that have nothing to do with COVID certs, like ordering a birth certificate? I ordered one for my special needs son back on May 31st. I'm e- emailing, looking for it. As they processed the payment and everything on the website, they said they're not processing orders now due to hacking Anyone else having problems getting, say, that kind of a certificate? And there's more. I just received the digital cert. What a joke. An A4 piece of paper folded in four, and it won't even fit in a wallet or a purse. It really won't last the distance, to be honest. People are expected to show this for entry. It'll get covered in marks from greasy hands. Not everyone has a phone to scan the QR code onto, especially older people. Uh, Also, what's to stop people photocopying this and sharing it? It has no photo ID. It's an absolute joke. Pity you don't have um, the, the phone or you're not able to scan it because if you have the COVID app, you can, sc- you can scan the QR code onto the COVID app. My dad's COVID cert came today, but they spelled his last name wrong. He was hoping to travel next week. Do you have any idea how to get it fixed? The two numbers they listed don't work. They ring once and cut off. I have no idea how you would resolve that. And here's the reason why. I, I got a COVID cert 
delivered yesterday. It arrived in the post. And both my Christian name and my surname are spelt wrong. But that happens all of the time. Even though I verbally spell out my name to people, they still put in R's and they still put two L's on the back of Neil or they put down Niall instead of Neil. So you think you're bad. What, what do you think it'd be like if your surname and your Christian name are both spelt wrong? I won't get in anywhere. No pub, no restaurant, no country. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. With regards to pubs and restaurants, what they're saying now is they are going to develop an app, a scanning app, so that the pubs and restaurants can download it, that the government are going to develop it, and they can scan the QR code then. But until that happens, of course, I imagine it'll be visual. You'll actually be asking people. And that's a problem for some publicans, and that's a problem for some restaurateurs who won't do it. Particularly, I think, in smaller pubs and more rural pubs, they will be very disinclined to ask customers questions like that. So you have the vaccine card and then you have the vaccine cert with the QR code on it. But let's say you don't have the vaccine cert or the QR and you want to get into somewhere or you want to fly out of the country more to the point. Will you take a gamble on taking the vaccine card or will you get a PCR test or an antigen test? And is there anywhere you can go where it's paid for by the HSE or the state or does it have to be a, a private test? Um, Emer's been doing a, quite a lot of work on this actually this morning and she's got some costs and some alternatives. So what have you come up with? Yeah, so you do have to shop around actually. Actually, um, you for Spain, they're they're accepting antigen tests, the cheaper ones. But I've been we're we're heading off on Friday, so I've been looking around, and actually, the cheapest one I've found for a PCR test is a place called Randox at Silver Springs. They're in the event centre there. They're sixty nine euro. Then Cork Airport to Rock Dock. They're just after uh, dropping their prices, so it's ninety five for a PCR, and then they do the rapid antigen for forty nine euro. Uh, Feelings pharmacies all over the place: Cargilline, Kinsale Road, the Lock Grand Parade, and Black Rock. They're doing a PCR for 119 and then Boots Pharmacy are doing 139 euro PCR test. So why is there, why would Boots be 139 and Randox 69? I've no idea and it's funny actually because I went into the Boots uh, website when I was booking our ones for this evening and I couldn't get any until next week actually. Um, So it's Half Moon Street are doing them. So I've no idea I suppose Randox I think might be an English company so I'd say they're banging them out. Like when you go on to the various different sites you get, which I foresee as a problem now actually because I've noticed the, the little slots the time slots are really filling up really quickly so obviously there's a mass exodus people are heading off once they get their um, you know get the, after the 19th I suppose since but the that 19th. means that an awful lot of people aren't taking a gamble on waiting for the cert no there's a load of people and there's another cohort you didn't mention there of people like me say in their 30s and 40s who might have had the last vaccine within the last two weeks and so our QR even I have my QR cert but it won't activate for 14 days after. But are the Spanish looking for it when people land? I'm I'm hearing mixed reports. Like my, uh, I had family members who went over and nothing, nothing, nothing yeah, at all. They see. weren't asked for anything. But you can't take that, that gamble. That and why, what's, what, which is, can you get either R to get into another country, a PCR or an antigen? Because the antigen tests seem cheaper. It, they are cheaper, but you have to check. Um, so the, the DFA website and other websites are really good, dfa.ie. So you just have to check. It's different for every country. I actually just went for the PCR test, even though Spain do accept the antigen, because I couldn't get an antigen slot, as I say. And also with Spain, just to be mindful, you have to get this other form, which is called the Spanish Electronic Health Control Form. Again, you'll find a link to that on the DFA website. You have to have 
have that going through um, and I think that's just some of your private details and stuff so it's not fun travelling at the moment gas isn't it <laughs> there really is a lot to it obviously for us we're not it's not a holiday really it's going to see family who we haven't seen in two years so um, it's important that but if we you have if there's four of you travelling or six of you travelling let's say and it's 139 euro for a PCR test that's a grand it is, yeah, yeah. Well, we're okay with the smallies, obviously. Well, Under 12, we don't have to. But yeah, it's it's really expensive on top of everything else. And the flights are going up. Like, we were looking even just, we're just going to Madrid. Like, But, you know, you might have been looking at 30, 40 euro two months ago, you know, if you were in to book early. Um, but uh, they're gone up like a couple of hundred now. Malaga is the same. Someone was saying, actually, that, uh, I don't know, was it you were saying, actually, that uh, Christmas, the islands at Christmas time are a thousand euro at the moment? Well, I do know people who have who skedaddled off to Spain and uh, and um, they were saying that they were trying to rent a car out of Malaga and it was just, forget about it. Yeah, they're all rented. They're, they're all booked up. Last night as well, yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot to do, but just go to the various different websites because they'll, they'll let you know. But different like, countries are different rules different but they're the costs it can be Randox's service service 69 for a PCR all the way up to Boots at 139 euro for a PCR okay. and I think they're more expensive in Dublin again someone was saying up to 400 euro for a test in Dublin oh. I was reading but I don't know my god that's lost. extortion okay mm. text 0868104106 Neil I've been watching how car theft has increased in the last few months there's also been a rise in credit card information theft by scammers who are just standing a few feet away from your card with card readers I think if someone wants to use wants you to use their product they should provide free of charge protection a car thief using say for instance a keyless car fob can download your car's entry and start your information from outside your home and steal your car card your car the same goes for credit card theft a thief can be standing next to you and stealing information from your card with a reader a faraday card or a purse from car companies or banks would go a long way to protecting the consumers yet they're failing to protect consumers I, I would think that car manufacturers and banks should be more informative on the products they're supplying. You should investigate and ask companies to protect their customers from theft, says John O'Hara. I actually was thinking about that when I read your email because you would think that at this stage, maybe it exists. Why don't car companies install some kind of software into the car for fobless, for fob cars, keyless cars, the ones where you just push the button, you know, you keep it on you, a fob. Why can't they put in some kind of anti-theft device where they can't open it? You know, uh, they're saying now that you need to keep your fob or your keys, particularly if you have a keyless car, in a Faraday or a metal box. Because the thieves can just come up to your house. They use a reader. I don't know what it is. It's some sort of a beam or something um, that, you know, that connects with your keys inside in the house and pops the lock on your car. And they're gone in it. I just mentioned that actually because it's not. It didn't happen to Jeremy, but it's not not unconnected connected to uh, to thefts from people's vehicles. Jeremy, good morning. Hi Neil. First up, now you have a fitted furniture company. You operate out of Clondrohead, and you sent me the list of tools that were stolen from it. Tell me the story behind it. Um, I suppose I came out last Thursday morning, and uh, I hopped into my van. I thought nothing really, and I see my wallet was missing. So I went back in home checking. There's kind of only two places in home it would be. So when I kind of, I went to lock the van going back in home and it, it, you know, when you press it, it kind of locked and unlocked again, which meant it was open. Some One door was open somewhere. So I kind of thought it was strange and I said, jeez, how was that? One door uh, was ajar, you mean? Yeah, like if it, like, yeah. So um, when I went back in anyway, I saw there was no wallet. So I kind of got panicky then and I ran out to the van. And I saw the back door was slightly ajar. 
And when I opened the back door, I saw the side door was wide open. And uh, I just went around to the side, and I see a good share of my tools were, were taken. So, and those tools were um, all Makita. Makita's good stuff, is it? Because you seem to buy a lot of Makita. I like it anyway, yeah. Okay, impact driver, 18-volt drill, hammer drill, jigsaw, planer, angle grinder, multi-tour tour, tool, charger. Ten batteries for all of those tools. Complete screw box, a DeWalt router, a Makita Hoover, drill bits, pass load nailers. Um, that's your entire livelihood in the back of that van. Jigsaws, planers, hammers, drills, multi-tools. That's the whole lot, isn't it? Well, I, to be honest, I, I, I was lucky they left some of the big saws, um, my three big saws that um, that they left. And uh, I was lucky there'd be another probably two grand to buy them, I'd say. So, Too big to take away, you think? I'd say full up, I'd say, Neil. Um, I'd say we've, kind of, we've kind of seen CCTV of what the vehicle we think is the one and it seems to be kind of a white, a white either Santa Fe or... Tuscan or something like that. And, and how uh, do you know? How do you know that's the, the 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 van? I don't for sure know, but it stopped outside the local pub and slowed down really slow. Have to and then drove on quick and have to in the morning. Yeah, yeah. They and get a reg of that or anything? No, no. They seem to have lights on the back. Well, they had the headlights on in the front, and they they seem to have lights over the back number plates in a way that you a camera can't pick it up. Um, like they did. They kind of. I I don't think it was their first time. And where's the market for this now? Where will they sell this stuff? Um, I suppose uh, I would have thought fairs, horse fairs and stuff all along, which they're not happening. So um, I suppose car boot sales maybe or something. Maybe, I, I don't know where they go. And they're welcome. Are, are these characters welcome at car boot sales? Or like, say, for instance, on the, stri- on the side of a, um, a country town street where we see them set up. Like, I've seen all of this kind of equipment at them and I'd, I want to be fair to those that sell them. They're not all stolen, the stuff that I see, are they? Uh, no, but they mightn't be, low, like, you know, the person that stole it mightn't be selling it at the car boot and they might have sold it on to someone, we'd say, up in there or, you know, somewhere in up the country and they might, you know, they might switch and swap things themselves. Like, um, I don't really know, like, I, I, I don't, the guards don't really know either. Like, I, I don't know. I'm have, you, have you a value on it all? Uh, if I was to buy it, I'd say about 4000 I'd say. Um, at, at, the, at the rates they're at now at the moment. So, uh, Are you insured? No, no. Why, um, why, why, why? Contents insurance in Ireland is a massive price. I priced it a couple of years ago. Um, it was nearly, uh, I'd say, a thousand euro. And if you're to pay that every year on top of van insurance and all that, like... Uh, a lot of fellas have just taken the, taken the gamble, is it? And hoping for the best. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose, yeah, I kind of... Uh, like I suppose at home we were quite a state I thought I thought I was safe but um, I obviously no no I'm not um, unfortunately did you say you left a wallet with cars driving license and money in it in the van uh, yeah I left my wallet in the dash yeah and uh, yeah the, the car up on the dash kind of, no there's a kind of pocket over the radio look just discreet enough but I shouldn't have left it there at the same time you know, so, um, did you stop I said, did you block the cards I did, yeah. They, they, I seen on my phone Sunday there was there was um, three uh, tries at using one of the cards. I suppose through a kind of a it was like a it was like a P, or a P. L. A. Grotto's called. It was like um like an Eastern European ver- version of 
PayPal or something like that. Um, now, the card stopped anyway. Just Bank of Ireland will send you a one-time passcode to use with um, with the Visa cards. And I, that's, they needed the one-time passcode to use it. It wouldn't have worked anyway because they were stopped Thursday morning. But still, um, So, do you think they're Eastern European? Is there a chance that that stuff's on a no, ferry and out of the country? I don't know that. It's just that I, that's what I can make off looking up that. Allegro, I don't know much about it. it. Just it was all there was very little English. It seemed to be Eastern European. It, it's only I, it seems to be like another PayPal or something. Um, Is this happening I, a I, lot? Do you think that people who are working in the trades, your carpenter, um, fitted furniture maker, that they are being targeted quite a bit because they figure the chances are they've got their stuff in the van all of the time. I mean, you'd hardly be bringing that in and out every night, you see. Yeah, well, I see it happens just from forums and. Facebook and Instagram it happens a lot in England they even cut the sides out of vans in England um, in Ireland it isn't quite as much but we'd have always known it going through that looks to be straight if you're in a built up area a city or a town there's more of a chance uh, you try like, you know you'd, uh, you'd leave I it don't way, you'd I leave don't know what way you prevent it Neil because they, they cut some some gangs will cut the side out of your van as well to get I it. never saw a list like yours though I mean it's an extensive list it's just so much stuff so you see, I, I had I, I had them all inside, in, like uh, festival or Makita containers. We'd say I had them all in, so they were easy to bring into the house. So they just cut, like they cut five boxes really. And and, and uh, do the guards hold up much hope, or where are you at with that? No, no, they don't really. They didn't. They didn't tell. They didn't tell me that. Anyway, so, um, no, it's. A, it's so a, you, are uh, you working, or do you have to go out and buy all the new stuff? I'm in the workshop at the moment. I have bigger, you know, like I, I don't use the fitting gear in the workshop. All the gear I had in the van was for fit, fitting out jobs. Um, I'm making up jobs in the workshop at the moment and I was kind of waiting for a week or so maybe to see does something pop up. But in the last couple of days, I've just priced a few people for... How do you f- and how do you feel? Um, the worst thing I suppose it's easier it's the small things like the cards and the small little bits and pieces that I picked up over the years that I don't even remember where I picked them up is the hardest thing um, obviously I'm out of pocket with the tools uh, but I suppose really Neil is am I safe again like um, I know I you know, know like it's grand to say I can go replace them again but if I do replace them this time and they uh, they could finish me like if I, I know, you know, I know. Um, so that's the, it's very hard to know what to do Listen, um, I hope that it's found. I really do. I hope the guards can make some kind of progress. The CCTV footage might help if they can identify the car. You never know. The guards might know who they are. But um, uh, can I can I just say one thing? Neil? I got um, mountains of phone calls and offers of tools from friends and family and colleagues and all that. I just want to say thanks very much to them. I, I really saw the good in as much as I saw the bad in the world. Um, people rallying to your help yeah well done well done yeah. Jeremy thanks so much sorry that happened to you I hope it sorts itself out for you listen thanks for warning people let people beware alright cheers my friend yeah. take care thank you Jeremy O'Sullivan fitted furniture out of Clondruhad Village back after 10 hi it's Connor. join me Sunday from 7 for Green on Red bringing you the biggest the best and newest names in Irish music Imro Music Station of the Year you're on Cork's Red FM alright I work in a barbershop in the county. I thought it was illegal for anyone to take a mask off indoors. So in our business, it means we can't trim beards or moustaches. So why can't I do beard trims in my place of business? But if I walk uptown, the Turkish guys trim away. I had someone check me before Christmas. He said he was from the HSE to make sure I wasn't trimming beards. 
But why weren't they checking? Is it one law for them and another law for me? Sounds very unfair, all right, doesn't it? Um, you know, what can I tell you? If they say you can't trim beards, it's up to you as to whether you decide to obey them or not. Sean said, in Dublin yesterday, saw a six-year-old with both hands gripped to either side of the blue mask he was holding to his mouth while his father had him caught by the wrist and was pulling him along. Oh, my God, the unnecessary damage being done to children is just not being counted. Saw something similar last time I was in Dublin as well, says Sean. That's, you're talking about a young generation, a six-year-old just growing up uh, with masks. I know what you're saying. It's, it's awful when you see it in circumstances like that. Um, an hour and 20 minutes so far on the COVID cert line. What a joke. Heading away Saturday week. Morning, I rang the new COVID passport number. At exactly half past eight this morning, this is from yesterday, was put in a queue. I waited patiently, but I was cut off at exactly 10.30. Two hours on hold for nothing. Morning, my son got his second jab in early June and has still not received his cert. Uh, he's due to travel Monday within the EU. He's been waiting on the new helpline number for two and a half hours now and eventually just hung up. I wonder if this is deliberate policy to discourage and frustrate as many people as possible from travelling just like they did in delaying issuing passports. So a selection of texts for you. There's a lot of other topics that we were dealing with over the past couple of days, including scams and what have you. So I will come back to that and lots more besides. But with the day that's in it today and indeed tomorrow and the fabulous weather we've had for the past week or so and the sun splitting the stones and all of those of you sending me photographs of enormous jellyfishes, uh, Seamus Whelan took to the city streets to see what Corkonians consider because yesterday of course I took a small little bit of flack on my choice of music um, ancient songs some were saying ancient I mean I mean, if this stage now I was even contemplating playing Barry Manilow's Copacabana I'd be taken out and shot at dawn so what do you guys consider the best summer songs of all time I'll leave it over to you you're asking what the greatest summer song ever is. Well, he probably knows it right off the bat. I'm going to think for 10 seconds. You know the, the, the Maya Hu song? Maya Hu, Maya Hu. What, the no, Drago Statinte is what it's called. Yes. Greatest, greatest summer song in the world. And why? What, what sort of memories does that bring back for you when you hear it? Um, I remember being a child when I, when I, when I grew up. Um, this was just on the radio. And uh, it was a particularly, summer, uh, particularly sunny summer. So, yeah, good memories. <laughs> What about you? Can you think of a song? Yeah, so I just don't know the name. It's the very famous one. It's the guy with the ukulele, a really big guy from Hawaii. Does it bring a song? Oh, Under the Rainbow. Oh, man, Under the Rainbow, yeah. It just it just uh, sparks pure happiness for me whenever I listen to it. I love the Beach Boys, Good Vibrations. It's just happy and vibrant and fun. And what sort of memories does that conjure up for you when you hear it? Seaside, ice cream, sand castles, joy. What's that one? I'm gonna walk 500 miles and I'm gonna walk 500 more. I, I remember we went away one year and there was a group of girls there and next to the song came on and we were all dancing around the table and it was that song and I was trying to think, like, what's the song we used to sing? And when it comes on it reminds me of the summer holidays. Any kind of a song would get me into mood. Any kind of a good ballad song would get me into mood. Any kind of a song would say maybe John Denver songs that he did all that would get me in. Any kind of a, a good lively beat to it and a crowd would join in. That would be what I'd be looking The promise of another sunny day. Black magic. 
Yeah. How does that go? I don't know. Black, black magic. I work your voodoo on it. Like a pure summer song, make to go drinking and all that, like. Summer 69. <laughs> Summer 69. And why, what, what sort of memories does that bring back for you? Dance halls. Da- yeah, yeah. Dance halls. Majestic and mellow. <laughs> the arcade, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And is that where you met your fella? No. Oh, I did. I met him down there 41 years ago. <laughs> and you're still with him? You never believe it, like. <laughs> They're seven children and 11 grandchildren. And would you be the same as her now the summer of 69? Yeah. Yeah. Our, um, there's loads, really, isn't there? Yeah. But I like, I, there, there were our songs. Not to tum 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 no, dear. Do you know what I mean? I suppose it has to be Peter Andre does it as well as Mysterious Girl I suppose is it is that your favourite is it no it's our favourite <laughs> <laughs> Mysterious Girl I want to get close to you and what is it about the, about the song oh it's pure upbeat isn't it <laughs> I'd say Bob Marley's Sun is Shining Sun is Shining the Funk Star Deluxe version for me a few years ago but like that was came out during the summer it was really heat wave back then and heat wave now so that'd be my one anyway it's a good question <laughs> girls just want to have fun it's just a fun upbeat song like personally yeah. guess, guess, the, guess the crowd going yeah. Toto Africa just cause it's Toto in Africa yeah, yeah. <laughs> Between and the wave. Yeah, just brings you to sunny place. And you have some happy memories listening to that song. Yeah, a worst stunt actually. Katrina and the Waves, Walking on Sunshine. Seamus Whelan on the streets of Cork. Thank you, Seamus. And the production and imaging done by uh, Mark Whittington. He's a genius. That was fun. Glad you enjoyed it. Lots of text coming in. Text 0868104106. Seamus Whelan is down now, apparently, on by, at the Warren. He's down Ross Carberry Way. So if you see him, there's a Red, F, a Red FM patroller's Jeep down there as well. Microphone in hand. He wants to chat to people, and I'm sure that it's hopping busy down there. And we'll be right across the day. Now, funnily enough, with regards to uh, summer songs, there is some there is some support for me. Uh, other people, there's an interesting one here. He says, um, we wouldn't lock you up and we wouldn't shoot you if you're terrible summer songs. We just lock you up and make you listen to your own music for a week solid. Uh, we might get better songs from you as you would have learnt your lessons, says Jenny. Ah, you're really a good bloke, she says. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind spending a week listening to my own music but I do find that there is some support for me now some I agree with like somebody saying go on for God's sake what's your problem play Jimmy Buffett Margaritaville well I would and I would play it very loud but they'd be rolling their eyes to heaven around here there's another one here that was a cracking uh, summer song it was a slow song it was what we used to call a clinger and this text says Anil for God's sake there's only one true summer song summer the first time by Bobby Goldsborough. It's a bold song, actually. 
it's quite a bold, raunchy song, slow and all as it is. Go on then and play it and give Cork a lift. Tell everyone to stop what they're doing and just relax and listen to it. Great show, says Aidan and Carrigaline. Poppy Goldsboro's summer the first time. There was another one then. The most, one of the most incredible songs with an awesome guitar and organ solo in it is the Isley Brothers' Summer Breeze. It's about seven minutes long. I mean, it is just five star. Seven star. And and that was picked. My favourite best summer song is the Isley Brothers' Summer Breeze. Such a chillaxing song. Possibly others, but could anyone top this one? Now, I mean, you have great taste. You have great, great taste. Just like me. Incredible taste. Impeccable. Back after the break. The Neil Prenderville Show. On Twitter, at NeilRedFM. And you can pick up the phone on one 850 Here's an example of how confused people can be. Uh, hi, Neil. Do you still need a COVID test, even if you have your certificate for Spain? Uh, and what is the form that Emer said you also need for Spain? Thank you. No. You do not need a COVID test. No, you don't need a PCR test. No, you don't need an antigen test. Nothing like that if you have your travel cert and QR code for Spain. That's all you need. But you do need that other form that Emer mentioned. And that is that is a thing called a Spain travel health form. Um, and you, you'll get that actually, you'll get that at gov.ie. Um, you have to fill out a thing called a Spain travel health form 48 hours before the flight departs. Um, and if I were to click on it here now, uh, it will bring you into, uh, oh, it's very slow here, my apologies. It just brings you into a section where you're asked some questions as to uh, who you are, where you live. Um, what else does it ask you? Let me have a look here. Just give you an idea. When you're going to start, you'll get this uh, under COVID travel at gov.ie. Name, first name, last name, date of birth phone number, mobile number, email address, confirm the email address. They go on to the next page. There's four different pages. Fairly straightforward. And apparently you send that. And after you send it, you, uh, I believe then you are sent, and I'm open to correction on this, I think after you send it, you get a QR code, another one, which you must present on arrival in Spain. Uh, you can either put, keep it on your phone or you can have a printed version. So that's for Spain anyway. But I think the rule of thumb a lot of the time is that you need to, um, you know, check each country because all of the different European countries, particularly the sun destinations, um, have different protocols. Uh, are you saying that that's different? The locator form is different to the Spanish electronic health control form. Is that a, di- it's, the, it's the same one, but they just call it a Spanish electronic health control form. But it, it actually, it originates in Ireland. You fill it out in Ireland and you put down the country that you're going to and stuff like that. So you can start you can start that process with regards to your holidays, certainly to Spain anyway, on gov.ie and go into the whole COVID section. I'm sorry, but that's just the reality of it. You have to do these kind of things. Um, Norma, good morning. Hi, how are you, Neil? And, and somebody earlier was going on Saturday. You're actually going tomorrow to Spain. Yeah, I'm actually going tomorrow night and um, I've been on the phone to um, the HSC since last Friday and the funny thing was on the, when they had skeleton staff working on Friday, I got through in 15 minutes and the gentleman who was really nice and helpful said he'd create um, a case for me and that he would escalate it, yeah. um, you know, and send an email and he told me to ring back Monday morning because he couldn't do anything from his side. He checked it that all my information was correct and it was. Um, so rang Monday, I started ringing it 
half eight, got through at 11 o'clock on the button. And again, he could see that my case had been created. He said, I'll escalate it again. And he said that generally what they were being told was that within 72 hours, anyone that hadn't gotten theirs should have it. So that he was saying that by Wednesday I should have it. Today. And that he, yeah, and that he would recommend that I get an antigen test just to be on the safe side, that they hadn't been given the go-ahead to say that it was okay to travel on the vaccination card. Now, I'd say he was just kind of covering himself. No, actually, so. that's that's what I'm told as well. And to be honest, Owen Corrie, at, uh, uh, that we use an awful lot on the air here, Owen Corrie from TravelExtra.ie, he says that most countries are accepting the cardboard vaccine details. Yeah. Tra- air and Travel yeah. magazine, he's on Facebook. Yeah. yeah, now I did fill up my locator form and, you know, it is quite, it is quite detailed. So where did you find that form? I found Ryanair, actually, you can just click on it. They're, they're sending um, links, links every day um, if you have a, if you're booking a flight with them anyway. And you what can are just the questions it on it? Straight up. Um, again, like you can only, there's no point really doing it after 48 hours beforehand because you can only start it off, you know. Uh, and even at that, if you haven't paid for a seat on the flight, um, when you can't check in up to your only 24 hours if you haven't paid for a seat, you still can't finish the form because you have to actually put your seat number in as well. So you do. So is it at 48 to... hours from the flight departure or is that, what do you mean when yeah, you say? the flight departure. So I went to finish mine last night at about quarter to nine because my flight is half eight tomorrow, tomorrow night. Uh, and I was able to get everything done except putting in my seat detail, which I'll have to come back and do when I finally... Um, get my seat when I, when I check in tomorrow evening. You know that you have, you know that there's Ryanair a warning, you've got to be at the airport two and a half hours before you Two and a half flight. hours, yeah, yeah. Now, I, I do know a few people that have gone from Dublin, not from Cork, and they said Dublin was a breeze, they didn't check any, um, um, any cards, anything at all, and, and even someone that went to Lanzarote yesterday wasn't asked for anything, so... But my fear was, of course, if I got to Spain on the other side, they put me back on the plane again, <laughs> whatever, about getting out of Ireland, you know. Now, when I did fill up that locator form, it did ask me what um, I had, what proof of vaccination I had. And it, there was, um, you either clicked on your EU vaccination search or other. So I clicked on other and then it allowed me to fill in the last date of my, my, the date of my second vaccination what um, vaccine I had gotten and then I was able to move ahead so that made me think God maybe that's enough um, so when I heard some you say this morning then and I was late coming in on it that um, you didn't need anything except your card for Spain I'm thinking do I will I can- cancel my antigen test or should I just do it for that's, peace of mind that's, that's up to you with regards to peace yeah, of mind I mean all I of the all of the advice that I'm getting is that you don't need to do any of that and your card yeah. will do, but others yeah. are saying I'm not willing to take that chance. So I know, that's, I know. That's, that's, that's now the thing is, so when you back, filled in that form, Ireland, they're, they're saying that you have to have a PCR test, that an antigen test won't do to come back here. Um, Who said uh, that? It's just a joke. That's what I say. If you read your, if you read, if you go on to the different details for different countries coming back into Ireland, it says that an antigen test will not do if you don't have your. If you're not, if you don't have your 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 um, EU cert, so I don't know if Ireland are accepting those cards coming back in. That's another question for people. And, and it's not no, that an makes no test. sense to me. It's a uh, PCR test you have to have. No, coming back into Ireland, that would be a PCR antigen test for somebody who hasn't been vaccinated. I know, but like are they, again, are they accepting the card as yes, opposed to the yeah, code? Yeah, they are yeah. accepting. Yeah, you know. Yeah, well, Ireland, uh, you know, certain, Ireland certainly is. 
accepting okay, the card. Okay, that's okay. So yeah, yeah. You know when um, you when you sent off the the form then that Spanish, you know the the, the locator form. Yeah. Do, what do they send you back? Um, now I haven't finished it, but I know I did it for my parents before. They send you back a code that you just keep on your phone, and they check that in Spain. If they went to Tenerife at one stage while there was an opening. Um, so, you know, for anybody that is doing it, it does take a while because when you register for it, they send you a link. And there's actually this really long, oh God, it's about 30 numbers and letters that has to be put in as your kind of ID, you know, so you have to kind of copy and paste it. So anybody that's not, I mean, I'm not very technical, but, you know, older people that would be trying to do it themselves, it's not just a case of filling in your name and your address and that's it, you know. And doesn't, um, and it, it's, you can only do this 48 hours or 47 or 46 or 45 yeah. hours before well, you can your only complete it. You can start it off. But when I say start it off, you're literally only talking about your name and address and maybe the address of the area that you're going to and your hotel or whatever it is, wherever it is you're staying. But like, And you can put in your flight details, your email. You can put in quite a bit of information, but they won't allow you go. I think it's beyond step two until you actually, until it's 48 hours okay. before your flight. So for, say, somebody who's got a COVID digital cert and mm. a QR code, they'll now be carrying around two different QR codes. Yeah, absolutely. Isn't it's that ridiculous. amazing? <laughs> I know. It's, it's like, it takes, it's, I mean, we, we've been kind of locked up now for a year and a half. Maybe and that's the price you pay. You know? go ahead. It, it takes, I know, and it takes, it takes, it's, it's, it's very stressful. I mean, I'm traveling on my own with a friend, but, but um, I'm traveling with, with my family in a few weeks' time, and if I don't have my cert, I'll be going through all this again, you know? And is that cert coming by post, or are you waiting on an email? No, I'm waiting on an email, yeah, and all my details are correct, because I was able, I actually double-checked, could I log back on myself onto the um, HSE, and I can, and I could see all my, my information when I was first vaccinated, when I was I had my second vaccination and like the gentleman on the phone on Monday said I can see all that in front of me and I said it's an absolute joke that you can't just push go press send you know and he said no that's a different there are different people employed to do that you know we want somebody on the end of the phone who can not just expedite your query but can actually send you your your code absolutely and it makes total sense you know I mean I do. It's right. very, you know, it's it's it, it's very striving, very stressful. Are you checking actually, your spam? Checking that, yeah. Checking absolutely everything, <laughs> um, and no joy, you know. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, co- Ireland's a very small country, and they just can't get it right. There's a, co- ah, there's a couple of days in it yet. <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know, but like, I mean, I, he, they were near, like the man, the, the, the son of the gentleman I spoke to yesterday morning, he said the same to me, he said, you know, um, your your case is open and I would be thinking you'll be okay, you'll have something by tomorrow morning, you'll be able to cancel your antigen test, you know, but like they're, I don't know how much information they actually have themselves, you know, if it's been passed on. I know, I'm it's, re- frustrating. Resend it's that, frustrating. Resend that email again. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe I'll have something by tonight, I don't know. I'm, you know, I think I am just going to pay that 49 euro, get the antigen test done at least, you know. For peace of mind, for peace of mind, I think I'm getting the sense from you that you want to do that. So I would do that. But, but do text me back when you get it because I would be very keen to hear when it arrives. Okay. Yeah, I will. I will. I will do that. Norma, you're very good. You answered a lot of questions that I wasn't aware of. So thank you for all that. Okay. Thanks. Cheers. All the best. Bye bye. Do you remember? Remember the email I had yesterday? I don't have the original one in front of me, unfortunately, but it had to do with the couple who were out in Portugal on the pop payment. 
somebody saying, should I report them, that they're on pup and they've been out there for weeks and it's a disgrace. A lot of people were calling that woman a curtain twitcher. Um, <laughs> I got another email overnight. I apparently guess she may well come back and respond and she did. So it's a couple who were, I don't know where they're from or anything. They're Cork anyway, I know that. They're on a, a pup payment, she claims, and they're out in Portugal you know, uh, living it up in the in the sunshine on the pup and it's a disgrace and should you, she say something or should she report them? Vast, vast majority of people yesterday and I have loads of texts on this which I'll, I'll come back to after the break but a lot of people in support of the couple who are out in Portugal on the pup. So anyway, the original email came back and said, I am the woman who emailed in about the couple and just want to update you. I would like to share that the fact is that I am not a curtain twitcher. This couple have both been offered their jobs back as I'm friends with people who work in their industry. Uh, they said they couldn't go back to work as they were too afraid that they may contract the virus. Yet they're happy out on the Algarve, lapping it up and scamming the system. They have been gone since May. I'm appalled by your listeners and their support of them. Obviously, the lot of them who are supporting them are on pup or on the dole to say they agree and think it's okay for them to be away since May in Portugal on pup. Any hard-working person who hasn't had the time off on the pup will know it's not right for them to be spending this emergency money abroad like that and basically scamming us. And nothing will change my mind on that. Thank you, says M. So the original one, um, thank you, Brenda. Uh, we've all suffered greatly. We all need the break, but flying off to spend that money in another country and scamming the system isn't fair. I've thought of reporting them on a few occasions, uh, but I don't have it in me. Like I say, I'm no snitch. Um, is it okay for people like that, who I know for a fact are getting the pup, sunning and tanning themselves on emergency income? Annoyed with my neighbours. A lot of texts on that and lots more besides after the break. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. All right, to the phone lines we go. Beth, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> I, got, I got a small little 10-foot inflatable pool in the back garden and I'm mortified when I see the size of your thing. <laughs> I know everyone's saying that. <laughs> Everyone was asking. So what, how did you make it? I've seen the video, but rather than me explain it, you took all of these bales of hay and what did you do? So basically me and my brother, we were looking up at the shed and we saw all these bales and we said, we wanted to basically go back to the beach, but it was going to be packed with the heat. So we kind of put them in a big rectangle and we didn't know really if it was going to work. And then we went down to our local co-op and we got a big kind of ball of silage plastic and we put it over it and we just started filling it up to see if it worked. And eventually it did work, finally. So you got a big roll of silage plastic um, yeah. and you lined the bales of hay to seal it. You threw a yeah. hose into it and turned it on, is it? Yeah, we did. How long did it take to fill it? Um, From about... Half eight till about, I'd say, seven o'clock for six days. It took you six days to fill it? Yeah, six days. <laughs> and have you swam in it? We have. We're going into it every evening. And it's actually lovely. We thought the, like, the black colour now would attract the heat. But it's lukewarm. It's not freezing at all. It's lovely. 
And are you putting chlorine tablets into it and algaecide and stuff like that? Are you treating it? Yeah, we have liquid chlorine put into it and stuff and then we have a net to go over it at night time so the flies don't get in it and we have a small net during the day that we get all the flies out with it and stuff like that. <laughs> How many... There's warnings at the moment. I mean, I don't want to be stealing your thunder and I'm delighted for you, but they're warning people not to be turning on their hoses. You have the hose on for six days. We actually have our own well. Oh, you're laughing. So you're no harm to no man. Yeah, that's what we thought at the start because then we saw our own, we saw like the warnings and then we asked our father and then he said, we actually have our own well. And then we were just laughing as we were able to do it like... But what about the cattle? You're you've stolen their food, haven't you? Well, actually, we we just have a small bit of land as I horses and stuff like that. So we're not actually using cattle or anything. So we're fine out that way. How deep is it? Um, I actually don't know. It comes up kind of just above, like just under your chest, kind of. And how tall are you? Um, I'm five ten. So it's about four feet deep, is it? Yeah, kind of about that, yeah. Okay. You could swim in it probably. And how, I mean, you could do laps in it, couldn't you? Kind of, yeah. You, there's a, I think there's enough space for a good few laps. Like, it's not massive, but it's big enough. It'd be bigger than the average kind of plastic pool that you get during the summer. Much bigger than that. I've seen the video of it. We have the video up on Twitter now at Neil Red FM right now. People want to look at the video. That's all very well for now. But when the sunshine goes away and it gets cold and damp, what will happen to your ginormous pool then? We don't know at the moment. We're not really trying to think about it. We're trying to enjoy the good weather at the moment. Ah, yeah, but you see, you guys, you young people are all very well setting things up, but um, you're you're hopeless at cleaning up. <laughs> I think that's true. That's very true, actually. I think it's fantastic. So, um, are, are any of your friends wanting to come in and share it? Um, we've had a few saying that they've come and stuff like that, but no one's really came. Yes, it's kind of been me and my brother and my uh, dad's partner's brother and stuff like that. Ah, uh, fantastic! It looks brilliant. Listen, I just loved seeing it because you had you also shared. The, the building of it, which was brilliant, you know, the different stages of putting it together. Oh, my. oh so, definitely. So, like, that was all down. Sorry, go on. How are you going to empty it? Um, we're thinking about just pull one bale out and kind of <laughs> stand, blow out. Pull one bale out and stand well back. <laughs> definitely. That's, the, that's what we're thinking, all right. You're having a great summer, Beth. What's your brother's name? Alex. Well He's done. Well done to yourself and Alex. Go on away for a dip now. It's very hot. Jump in. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Bye. Bye. <laughs> See you, Alex. Check out the big bale pool on their farm in Kanturk. It's up on my Twitter page right now. You might scoff at me, actually, when I mention chlorine tablets or algaecide. It is actually very important because the water can stagnate and start turning green and everything. So you need to take precautions. Not very good for you. Uh, you get all sorts of sicknesses and issues with regards to water that turns bad. So uh, chlorine, for ta- you know, and you can get these little yolks that you can buy. I got one of them online has never seen them before. They're like these floaters and the chlorine tablets go into a floater and uh, they slowly dissolve in this little floater hopper type thing that floats around on the top of the pool. It's ingenious. Change out of a tenor. Lines open at 1850-104-106. A um, lot of different texts with regards to scams. Uh, these scammers operate from giant call centers in India 
where a number of scams are going on. The scammers read the script from the computer screen. BBC did a documentary on Anil. It's a business and a big numbers game. Christina's bank will know where her money was transferred to for sure, but the authorities are slow to pursue it. Uh, well, Christina is going through the process now with Bank of Ireland and indeed has met with a member of the, with the fraud squad at Anglesey Street Garda Station. So as to whether the bank will pay her back. As I said yesterday in my conversations with Christina, it's substantially more than €10,000. She doesn't want to give out the exact amount. And if she changes her mind about it, I will tell you the exact amount. Um, just got a call from an 087 number when I said hello. An automated voice said goodbye. I wonder why they didn't want to call me uh, back or whatever. Yeah, well, I don't know why that happened. But, you know, more and more people are getting the scam calls from 087s and 086s and 085s. People should never give out any bank info over the phone, no matter what, full stop. If it's a payment made into PayPal, then PayPal would have refunded it. I got scammed years ago for 1,500 euro. PayPal refunded me. I wonder, did PayPal give you the money or get the money back for you? Because for you, because there's a difference. My name is Margaret. I just heard the end of your conversation with that Spanish girl. I too was a victim of a scam. I contacted my local guardie at the time who were very helpful. I did get my 1,400 euro back from AIB. Well, Maybe there's some optimism in that for Christina. Uh, these scammers have altered their tactics. Normally, they'll ring you, and if you don't answer, they'll leave an automated voicemail that you'll be notified by text from your mobile voicemail provider in the same way as any other voicemail. But what they're doing now is they will send a voicemail notification text from their own number with a link attached. If the recipient of such a text isn't on the ball, they could easily click on that link. Never click on links, says Richie. Come on, Neil, these scammers got the PPS number and phone numbers from the HSE hack. You know that. It's the HSE who should be accountable for people losing money to scams. Uh, morning, my phone seems to have a setting to detect bogus calls. I'm unsure how I have it, but I do. Yes, that's probably the true caller system that will tell you potential fraud. It'll flash on the call. Potential fraud, potential fraud. Very upsetting to hear Christina so upset. They prey on the naive, the vulnerable because she had previous issues with her PPS, she fell for the scam. I think people should be more empathetic towards her. I'm getting calls a few times a day. They are so poorly recorded with a British accent, automated voice calling from an 089. I mean, how many more red flags do you need? Do not transfer money to, to anyone. Hang up immediately. Um, don't bother even engaging. Well, somebody did engage yesterday, and I have some of the audio of that. I hope to get to play it this morning. But Christina has now set up a GoFundMe. Um, and there are many, many people who are very upset on her behalf yesterday following my conversation with her. And many were suggesting that she should set up a GoFundMe because she lost a huge amount of money. She's a young girl lost a huge amount of money, her entire savings. So that GoFundMe is now on the Red FM Facebook page and it's also on Twitter, at Neil Red FM. So we've shared the GoFundMe. In fact, I know that um, I also got an email from Christine. I don't have it in front of me yet, but she was just, you know, updating me on how delighted she was to hear of so many people being sympathetic and supportive of her because she was, I mean, she was saying, look, I feel bad enough myself already I don't need other people to be saying unkind or nasty things because I'm saying that to myself already. Um, so no real trolling or no real bullying on this, just lots of sympathy and support. Um, let me just go back to the phone calls for now. I'll come back to that again between now and midday. Colin, good morning. 
Good morning, Neil. Another one of the big um, issues with the digital sober cert confusion, can I just mention, is people are calling this helpline because their passport would have their maiden name, right? And their digital cert would have their married name. And they're wondering, what's going on? These are the kind of questions people are answering, asking. But tell me about your own scenario. Well, my own is uh, on the 24th of April, I got my first vaccine Um Everything was fine. I walked out and uh, my wife said to me, did you get your card? I said, oh, card. So I went in again and uh, I asked for it. And they said, oh, uh, we've ran out of cards. But Where, wa- where was this? Month. Forgive me. Oh, sorry. Apologies. That was in the City Hall. City Hall in April, did you say? In April, okay. uh, the 24th of April. Ra- and Ra- then I, on the 2nd of July, I got my second one. And uh, when I did ask about the card, I said, "Look, I didn't get I didn't get a card for the first one. I was told I'd get the two on the second when I get my second vaccine." I know and what you mean. Yeah, they didn't serious. know anything about it. Did they look for your card for the second one? They did. Uh, they gave me a card for the second one. That's all. Ah, that makes no sense. I mean, you know, you got, so so, uh, that, so sorry, they had no, but was, they had no record. At, where did you get the second job? Sorry, the second one was out in the um, the old CIT. Is that normal? Do you get one job in City Hall and another job somewhere else? I don't think so, because my wife got her two jobs in the City Hall. It's normal, I'm told, yeah, City Hall. I get, that can happen. Yeah. So you got two jobs, but you only have two a card points. that shows one job. That's correct. And they yeah. had no record at CIT of your job at City Hall? They didn't even look for it, to tell the truth. No. No, I haven't. I've tried to get onto them, and you know yourself, you just can't seem to get them. You know? Did you say to them at CIT, I did honestly get a job in City Hall and they had run out of cards? I did. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And is the second dose the same as the first dose? Uh, yes, yes. Astros, uh, Astros yeah. No, what I mean yeah. is the same strength and everything. There's no difference between the two jabs. Well, I wouldn't be sure of that. No, right. Neil, I, yeah. I, I don't know. So you never get a cert because you're not fully vaccinated, according to them? Well, surely because from the first one, they have a register of the first one. It's only a matter that I haven't got to a register of the first one, you know? Oh, my God. How would you resolve that? Would you go back to City Hall and say, listen, this is the predicament. Can I see somebody about this? No. Just have to try and get in contact with the HSE, I suppose. So you're calling that helpline, are you? I'm trying, trying, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I don't have a regist- uh, registration of of me getting it, you know. But you know, the card, the card actually says first dose, second dose, doesn't it? Yes. So somebody yes. at CIT filled in second dose, leaving the first dose blank. Um, it's just got one, yes, uh, <laughs> blank, and the second, yes, I have the second, yeah. It's, uh, they've given uh, the second dose, but not the first one. That's, that's weird, that's like, do you not find that yeah. weird? No, when I did say it to the to the lady, um, I presume she was a nurse, she said, oh, she, look, it'll be all electronic. No, anyway, there's nothing to worry about. That'll be sent out to you. But firstly, firstly, it hasn't been sent out to you. And secondly, yeah. on Monday, you can't use that card for anything. No, no, I can't. No, no. See, that's what happens when you take somebody's word for something. Well, 
that was in the well that was the city hall and out in uh, Bishopstone as well, you know? You need to sit on the helpline numbers um, and if you, yeah. have you got both of them? I have, I have. Two phones on the go if at all possible. That's the only way you're going to yeah. get that rectified oh, because okay. there will be a record of both of them yeah. on the system. Yeah. And hopefully they'll marry up and you'll get a cert in the post or by email, whatever, you know? Okay, okay. By the way, just before you go there, Neil... Uh, it might have been played already in the summertime by Mongo Jerry. Was that the summertime when the weather is yeah. fine? Yeah. 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 Da, 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 da. Ah, you talking about that one? That's for Colin, all right? All right, and beware of floaters in the pool. What'd you say? Beware of floaters in the pool. I, I came across one in Clumsy years ago. All right, hang on a second. Just a taster of the Mungo Jerry. I hate cutting songs. I hadn't actually intended playing it, so a little bit of it for Colin. Back after 11 on 1850-104-106. I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news. And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 1851-04106. Red FM. And if Colin's story wasn't bizarre, here's another twist. Somebody here says by text, I lost my card after my first City Hall jab, so they gave me a new card when I went to CIT for the second jab, and the receptionist filled out both dates for me. So why didn't they do the same for Colin? Lines open at one 106 Back after 11. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. Okay, uh, so I think it will be quite chaotic uh, next week uh, from the 26th with regards to the no QR codes at pubs or restaurants. So it'll be very, very visual. So that's going to be difficult. Um, and of course, on top of that, with everybody going overseas, there's a, a lot going on. But not everywhere uh, is opening um, when things open from Monday. Um, like longboats down in Ballantemple have posted online, it is with a heavy heart that we are announcing we'll be closing on Monday 26th of July for two weeks. Our trade, our livelihood has been bashed around for over a year with short-sighted rules and regulations that will have a detrimental effect on long-term business. We cannot open on the 26th, 26th under current guidelines. Our family-run suburban pub has operated for years, creating traditions of meeting your friends and family in a comfortable, safe environment. But the new rules are making us divide and police guidelines that don't make logical sense. We feel these short-term guidelines, in inverted commas, will kill our trade in the long term. We have to think of the concerns of staff, customers and our families. We have decided to close for two weeks to assess how we will go forward with our business. Thank you all for your ongoing support and we will be back. And that's from the O'Driscoll family um, and I know Billy and May quite well and I wish them well and they've made a difficult decision. They said that the new rules are making us divide and police guidelines that don't make logical sense. So that's Longboats in Ballantemple. And Benny McCabe has decided to park reopening for his pubs. I'm assuming he's talking about all of them. I mean, how many was he got? 12, 14, 16? He's got a lot of pubs. He says, folks, we have taken a view for some time now that it is unfair to have unvaccinated staff serving people indoors and yet they can't have a pint, pint themselves in another pub. 
as the portal for the 18 to 24 year olds is now open, we will wait a little longer to reopen our pubs indoors and will continue with outdoor service only. We are very fortunate to be able to do so due to the great work of Cork City Council. This may be a week, it may be two weeks after the official date or maybe sooner depending on circumstances. We're nearly there. Thank you. Hashtag in it together. Stuff like that. So that's from Benny McCabe saying that he's not going to reopen indoors in any of his establishments for a week or two, depending on the circumstances. So they're staying with outdoors. So there you have it. Um, so that's Longboats uh, deciding to shut completely for the fortnight. And Benny with all of his different pubs, you know, I mean, and there are many of them just to continue to do outdoors and not to open indoors. So there you have it. It's going to be, I mean, going to be, it's going to be a slow process next week, you know, and I mean, it's going to be a slow process also flying out of country, out of the country. I mean, I think there'd be a, a lot of queues and, you know, much, Ryanair is suggesting you want to give yourself two and a half hours before your flight time, uh, just so that, you know, you get through the system, um, you know, on time, giving yourself time. But this visual business for pubs and, and restaurants, I mean, that's going to be chaotic, I think. I really think it is. And then for those that are overseas on the pub, huge response to that. Big response to, um, you know, people are calling that woman a curtain twitcher. I'll do the calls first and then the um, and then a lot of the text. So one or two calls ahead of it. Christine, Christian, good morning. Hi, how are you? Okay, so there was an updated email then, a second one. Did you hear that? Uh, no, I'm afraid not. I'm in the office. I can't listen right now. Okay, but you did hear the first one. Uh, I, I commented on the on the uh, mail on, on the Facebook if that's what you're talking about. Yeah, not a great phone line, so it won't keep you long. But people overseas, yeah. in this case Portugal, since May on a pop payment. Yeah. Your thoughts? Well, I think there's a, there's, a, there's a significant economic problem when you when you talk about uh, assistance money and how it's how it's used and the uh, misconceptions people often have about the way that you use stuff like like uh, the the POP money or uh, the dole or whatever, because the the impression that people often have is that you have to use it in a certain way or it will get or it will end up wasted, you know, and um, that most of the time isn't the case. There's a bevy of studies that show that when help to people in trouble is both generous and with without a lot of restrictions. It generally benefits the community better than stuff that's like tightly guarded and, and task specific, if you will. Right? And one of the things I take offense with is that this this, this image of somebody going abroad taking all that money with them. Mm. Like you've gone abroad mm. like Trivago, Trivago is an Irish company. They they take a cut of your of your of your booking. Like there is a cabbie that drives you drives you to uh, the airport. I was told that there is a lot of people working at Dublin Airport, Cork Airport, uh, and so forth. Like next time you go on a trip, pay attention to how much money you actually spend at home just to go on that trip. So it's not like they're just packing a suitcase of money and dropping it off in Portugal, mm. right? And like I can, and the, the reverse is also true. I can spend a lot of money abroad without leaving my home. Like I can, I can, I don't know. I can, I can go on Disney Plus right now and and pay 30, 30 quid to see Black Widow. And after that, I can download a video game for sixty quid. And I just spent ninety quid in California and and um, 
that's that's not helping the, the chipper down the road, right? Yeah, no, that, that's it's an interesting. That, no, that, it's that's an interesting point you make. We also make a second one saying that people who talk down to others who are on some form of assistance is um, incredibly yeah. insulting. Yes, yes, because it basically it's it's basically nothing but telling people that you know what they're going through. And they have to do it. They have to go through all of this. Is it kind of? Is it way. kind of like saying to somebody, "You are not like me. You are not as good as me. So you are not allowed to behave and do what I do." I think. I think there's a, there's a in in a way. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. yeah I, I know. But I don't think it's like it's like an up or down problem. It's more that basically society at large. There's a prevalent way of looking at a problem and thinking like, oh, this is the one solution that we have. But it's like everybody, like this, this whole entire COVID thing, everybody has to come out at the other end in some way that meets their needs, you know? But tax, um, some taxpayers they, might have an issue with working hard, getting them the morning, going out, not having a pop payment, working through COVID, finding that there's 30 billion owed now by this country to COVID alone. And they have people mm-hmm. on emergency payments in Portugal since May. Let's put it this way. Let's put it this way. I've been I've I've been calling Ireland home for thirteen years, right? Uh, like I'm back in Germany now for for two months, right? Um, I've been calling Ireland home for thirteen years, and I was afforded the most generosity and kindness and compassion during this entire time and the most hospitality I can imagine. Mm. And sometimes it struck me that unlike me, who's, uh, who's uh, I call it home, but technically I'm still a visitor after, after 13 years, right? Like, why is it that the Irish people oftentimes treat me with more compassion, generosity, kindness, and hospitality? than their own neighbor. And I think that's the problem uh, behind that. It's not like, that way in Germany, is it? No. Some, do you, some, have, you have a better system in well, Germany? We have, our, we have our own problems. Any, own and problems. Incidentally, before I do let you go, anywhere near the floods? A yeah. um, couple, couple kilometers. Um, but, You're joking uh, me. Yeah. You're joking me. Were you there, like, well, no, well in, in Germany, a couple of kilometers is like, it's like 70 to 80. Okay. So it's not that close. <laughs> no, but it's very, very serious. Like hundreds dead. Yes, yes. Um, and if I uh, like, if if I can say say as much, the the response from the government has been incredibly disappointing. Right. But uh, we have elections coming up, so that's going that's going to be in the news for the next uh, couple of months. So uh, yeah, All right. that's, okay. that's going to be great. Okay, listen, look after yourself, Christian. Thanks for the call. Um, let me get more lines open here, if you don't mind. Uh, you get a two-week break if you're on social, and you have to tell them in advance. That's my understanding of it if you're leaving the country. Um, I don't know whether the pop payment is the same as in notification of to a welfare department that I'm going on holidays for a fortnight. You're in, I think everybody's entitled to go on holidays. But no, I, I know that everybody's entitled to go on holidays. It's my firm belief. Whether you're on any kind of a payment, you are still entitled, entitled to, a, to a break. Jackie, good morning. Good morning. Okay, what do you make of all of this? Because she has come back to say she's no curtain twitcher. This couple have been offered jobs back and won't go back. They claim that they're afraid of the virus, but they go off to Portugal instead. Yeah, I don't think that was said initially. Um, no, this is the, this is the yeah. second email from this morning. 
Yeah, I'm appalled so that any of your listeners would support them. Obviously, those supporting them are either on the pup themselves or on the dole. Well, I'm on the pup, but I've worked for 32 years. I got made redundant last March um, due to COVID. Um, and when you I'm say last March now, I get confused. Which March? We've had two COVID March marches. 12 months. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and we had a holiday booked for last year and it was cancelled. So we are going in August. Um, and I think we're entitled to that, to be fair. Uh-huh. <laughs> After he's 32 years of paying taxes, I think you are, yes. Yes, and my husband works. And don't forget, he's also paying taxes on my PUP. So it's not free money, you know. Yeah, they have a job, though, and are refusing to go back to it. Well, that, says. I, that, that is crazy. That, I mean, that's crazy. Is that scamming the system then, you see? I suppose it is, really. I mean, if you're offered your job back, you should take your job back. So they're so lying. They they're lying to their boss or to their employer by saying, we're too afraid we might contract the virus. Which they can contract the virus in Portugal. So there's an element of dishonesty there in what they're doing. Yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. There is. Yeah, yeah. there is. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. But the other side of the coin is they. everybody does need a holiday and everybody deserves a break. But whether this is the middle of closer now to the end of July, they've been there since May. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous, to be fair. Do you think well, people have become... their jobs back and they, and they have refused to take their jobs back, then they shouldn't be given their jobs back when they come back. There's plenty of people out there looking for work, you know what I mean? I don't know whether she's considering contacting their place of employment to let the employers know, you know... I don't know, I don't know. I wouldn't be doing that now, but... Do you think people you know, have become... Do you think people have become very judgmental over the past year and a half? I just find every post on Facebook, somebody is nasty to somebody else. I know we all have different opinions, don't get me wrong, and everyone's entitled to their opinion. But the abuse and, oh, it's just awful on Facebook. I think it's dreadful. Yeah, that's Facebook for you and Twitter it's too. a lack of respect towards each other now. It's just gone. And I think it's gotten so much, much worse in the last 18 months. So why do you have a Facebook page? Because I have friends abroad and it's a good way of keeping in touch. We use Messenger and that and it's nice. I like to keep up with the no- local news and things like that. I, as know, well, you know? I know, I know, you know, I know. And are you looking for work now? Are you looking for I a am. job? Yeah. I'm looking. Um, I'm kind of limited, I suppose. I was in the travel trade for 32 years, so it's not, an, it's not um, a business that's going to be up and running anytime soon, I don't think, you know. You sound to me as if with 32 years and that, that you'd be very highly qualified in it, though. Well, I, I mean, I, I managed the office for a while, and then I, I went part time for a while. So, but it's there's no there's no work out there. It's just the travel trade is going to be at least another two years before it takes so off. So, what are you going to do? Yeah. Are you going to reskill, retrain, or, or yeah, what? I'm hoping maybe to do some receptionist work or something like that. You know, yeah, yeah, um, office work or something. But I'm looking, I'm looking all the time. I'm on indeed and that. So, look, something will turn up. All right, okay. You know, hopefully, anyway. Look after yourself, Jack. Any holiday Thank planned? You. Oh, you did say you have yes, something planned. We do. We have. We're going to Lanzarote in August. We had booked it last year. Had to be rebooked for this year. So. Yeah, so... Have a good one. Thank you. Take care. Cheers. Uh, God, it's ironic. On the one hand, you have some mean-minded neighbour cribbing about their neighbours going on holidays despite being on the pub payment. And on the other hand, a poor girl from Spain crying on the programme, her money gone due to a rotten scammer. The neighbour needs to realise what real problems are, like that poor girl's experience. Stop the curtain twitch in every five minutes. Have a nose to see what others are doing. Maybe that's what he or she needs to be dealt with a real problem or at least occupy herself getting the curtains dry cleaned 
We take the jealous mind off other people's comings and goings. Feel sorry for that poor girl, Christina. I hope things work out for her. Well, as I say, she has set up a uh, GoFundMe page. Uh, and I will give you a it's up on our Twitter page at the moment and it's up on Facebook if you would like to help her out uh, tell that woman to mind her own business stop curtain twitching if they are genuine another one if they're genuinely on a pop payment they too as everyone else are entitled to go on holiday a person complaining about neighbours being away should just cop themselves on and um, what about non-nationals who are back in their own country drawing children's allowance this is what the government is turning our country into informers divide and conquer well the children's allowance thing um, is totally above board. I mean, you can be living here from another country and your children can be back in that European Union country and they get Ireland's rate of children's allowance, say, for instance, in Eastern Europe. Um, others then have gone back to their own countries and are claiming the Irish pup. Now, what do you think that is right or not? We're 30 billion in the hole now, or we will be when we get out of this. This is really maddening me about that woman. Doesn't she know that you can do what you want with your own money? Why doesn't she mind her own business and not bother with what other people are doing? They're right to be in Portugal. That's what they want, says Marie from Clon. P.S. It's crowded down here. Uh, go way out of it. So you want, so if you had a job working in a restaurant and a bar, you were on pop because you can't work for months, you wouldn't use the time to take a holiday when an opportunity comes your way? Safe to travel when you're vaccinated? For me, that's a no-brainer. Text 0868104106. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. So the Portugal pub payment, it's fair to say that the vast majority, like way up in the 90s, probably 95, 96, 97% of people are in support of people on pub being in Portugal. I mean, there's the odd one, like I am shocked at the amount of people supporting these two wasters. Obviously, they have no notion of returning to their jobs. But besides that, it's all stuff like keep your nose out of other people's business, mind your own business. You know nothing about these people. How do you assume they're on pop? A lot of people save and they spend their own money. It's probably saved money. Another one, you're a busybody. Uh, it's their money. Uh, nosy curtain twitcher. I mean, it's amazing because, uh, I mean, if you went back a few years, you would find it would have been the opposite way. Most people would have been freaking and livid about people doing something like that. But just to show the world is changing. And, and from Monday, of course, changing as well. From the 19th, the whole flight thing came in and the COVID cert. And from the 26th, next Monday, uh, the pubs, the restaurants, uh, indoors, but not all of them are going to open indoors. I told you that Benny McCabe isn't opening indoors in any of his spots uh, for a couple of weeks. Uh, and Longboats put a post up on social media with a heavy heart saying that they were closing for uh, for two weeks. And I was uh, reading that one out earlier on. Um, uh, Conor Driscoll is um, of the O'Driscoll family who posted that up on social media from Longboats, and he joins me from Ballin Temple. Con, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm good. Um, so that's a that's a tough call to make. Uh, did you all sit down and just talk it through and decide? No, we'll we'll close for a fortnight. And why? Well, um, when the news started to break and rumours and the leaks about what the rule changes would be, we met and we informed the staff then this week of our intentions to close. And the main reason behind the whole lot is it. it there's no logical sense behind it and the policing of it at the moment it's hard enough to tell a guy to put on a mask going from his table to the toilet never mind asking him to stamp his hand and brand him to go for a cigarette or split the party up when they come in saying alright you have to go back to the cold now we've been blessed this week with the weather but we know we're we're, we're only a day away from rain or cold or 
it's just I just don't I don't think it's viable um, for um, staff to be taking the the bits of abuse that we've been getting anywhere, um, and it's not it's it's just a, makes no sense. Um, so I said we we sat down as a family and we decided look we'll give it two weeks. I said two weeks of hurt on the business will um, be better in the long term because I think all these changes and guidelines they're all short term but in the long term plan for the bar business it's going to have a detrimental effect especially if we start refusing regular customers like we're a suburban bar we're we're in a community where we get support from it's been fantastic since we opened and we don't want to be turning into these this kind of um, COVID police exactly and we don't want to be saying to people oh you have to do this you have to do because people don't the, the whole idea of coming to a, uh, your local bar is to relax and unwind um, and not not have to have a, a 20 you, point checklist. But do you accept that there'll be a lot of disappointment from those who, you know, are, are fully vaccinated and have, have COVID, their, their COVID started, and they want to go back to, say, Longboats or a Benny oh, McCabe pub or Condenhi up the road or something? Yeah, I, I agree completely with you that, 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 like myself, I'm fully vaccinated and I was looking forward to everything getting back, but it's, we have to just weigh it up. And I think the way it's been, like, uh, we're, we're part of the VFI and I know they're trying their best. But I don't even think they've been consulted on, like, it, I think it's very strange that the people that are being consulted and making the rules, I don't even think some of them have ever been inside the door of a pub. Well, here are the rules, right? The 105 minute limit has now been scrapped. Um, right. And children focus very much on this. Two meters between tables with children, one meter between tables with no children, maximum of six, uh, six adults to a table, half eleven closing time, more ventilation, install CO two monitors, um, QR scanning at the door, which is a nonsense because that's not going to happen, and stamp people's arms if they leave the table. Yeah, there's a lot going on there, isn't there? There's like. Like three years. So if you go for a fag or something, you have to get a stamp, or you go outside for a minute or two. Yeah. Yeah, but three years ago, you came into Longboat, you threw your phone up on the counter, called a point, and there was a bit of banter, and you got involved with the lads around the counter, or you got involved with your own company. Now you're coming into Longboat, and we're taking. I know it's for the good of the people, and it's, but you're taking details off people, contact tracing. You're giving them a list of rules. You're five minutes explaining how the toilet system works, one in, one out, and, and by the time you leave, then you go back to the bar, it starts all over again. Now they're adding more and more onto it, and it's going to become more of a chore to go out and enjoy yourself than just, there's no off-the-cuff going for a pint anymore. There's Not no, for now, though, considering the times we're, and, we're living in, they and, say. And, and that's, that's the whole thing. The short term is going to affect the long term. I don't think anybody... Um, designing these rules or guidelines have, uh, as, I, as I personally call them as pub versions they don't come inside the door of a bar and they don't know how a family business works or a suburban pub works they don't know how it, it's just not feasible for us are you, are you aware as well that punters can download an online form that they can download to report pubs or restaurants that are breaking the rules that's kind of scary, isn't it? Like it's That's almost threatening. Thing, yeah, it is. And what happens? In, and 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 like in a situation like that, you ask someone to do something, they take personal offence, yes. they report you for something that has nothing to connected with with you. Yeah, 
with what you've asked them to do. Yeah. So we just made a decision, take two weeks off, and best of luck to the, the guys that are opening, and best of luck to all the other publicans out there, and there's some absolutely upstanding publicans, and we're just going to watch and see how it unravels. But, but you, you do say. know that there will be publicans and restaurateurs, and they have told me that they have no intention of asking anybody about their vaccine status to show them their 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 search. They're, they're just going to let people in. Yeah, and I, I, we, we discussed that too. Um, would we just go gung-ho on it and, and leave people come in? And, but then again, that affects your business because since we've come back, we've got... Uh, We've increased our clientele and the whole lot and people have commended us on the rules we brought in and after the first lockdown, the amount of work we did to the bar and the second and then the third reopening of this one with the beer garden, everyone has commended us, but it is getting harder and harder for for us as a family and our staff um, to be dealing with all these rule changes. And like you said, all it takes is one person to fill out the form and it, like this, 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 this isn't going away and within the next month or two, one person fills out that form and jeopardises our whole livelihood. Do you think there'll be many other pubs like you that we're going to hear about are just going to say, no, nah, we'll wait a few weeks and see what happens? I, 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 would think, I, I would think so. I would think a lot of people will be worried that like, if your licence is objecting to next year because, because of some rule change again On this Monday. year, yeah. Like you just have to sit back and be careful and, and just watch how it unravels and that's why that's why we decided to close for a couple of weeks um, there is this and, uh, there is just just as, as a by the way unassociated with the decision you've made there, there is this myth going about that all the pubs that were closed and you know just resting or not doing anything were getting five grand a week that's not that's not the case is it? <laughs> oh no Jesus five grand a week I wish um no, but see, that all these urban myths are going to surface anyway through everything and PUPA myths and the whole lot and everyone wants to take time off and go on holidays. And all that. There's no going on holidays. There's none of this. It's just, it's, if you, if, do you know what? Any of these people, I'd love them to stand in behind the bar for a couple of weeks, stand at the door, do all these checks, um, make sure people after a few drinks don't go over to say hello to Mary, their neighbour from down the road. Yeah. Oh, God, it's tough. How do they work out the payment for closed pubs? Was it based on square footage or, or what? It, it was based on your income of 2019, as far as I remember. So to be getting 5,000, you'd need to be turning millions, would you? Jesus, Neil, you'd, you'd want to have one big bar. Yeah. Um, yeah, you'd want to have a bar like Parky Cueve on a match day, I'd say. Every day for the year, Every kind of day. thing. Every yeah. day, yeah, yeah. So, That's what what would be what would be a more likely amount? Oh, I'd say a lot of. I'd say the average would be between maybe nine hundred to twelve hundred. Okay, thank um, you for that. Yeah. Thanks for answering that question. All right. Okay. Um, listen, you've made the decision. Uh, you could have just decided to open your doors and not ask questions or not be, as you say dividing yeah. and policing the guidelines but you've done what you think is the sensible approach and decided to close for a couple of weeks alright Con regards to you mm-hmm. uh, to May and Thanks to Billy alright my man Thanks cheers take care I wonder will there be more publicans like that will there be more restaurateurs uh, firstly that will decide nah I'm not going to open or, or, or secondly you know how many people would be willing to come forth and admit it to the likes of me on air but maybe in a text 
I'm opening on Monday, but I ain't going to be policing it. I ain't going to be asking any questions of any of my customers. Text 0868104106 on that back after the break. The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 1850-104-106. And to those of you with an interest in uh, politics and, uh, you know, issues like that, it'd be sad to hear today that it's just been announced the death of Des O'Malley, who has died at the age of 82. He was in Fianna Fáil for many years of his life and then broke away to form the Progressive Democrats. And uh, there was big high hopes for the Progressive Democrats Democrats from the 80s to the early 90s, 85 to 93, actually, uh, until um, it uh, just kind of all fell apart. But he died at the age of 82. He was a par- 82. He's a powerful politician. He really and truly was. Uh, regardless of your political inclinations, it's sad to hear of his death at the age of 82. Desi O'Malley. You know, you talk about deaths, and from deaths, then you move to uh, funerals. There's a, a funny, it's a funny story. Um, in the Red Tops today. You know the way they do surveys. They do surveys of anything these days. So recently, apparently, I don't know who did. It might have been an undertaker company. I don't know. Undertakers.co.uk or something. I haven't a clue who did it. But they just um, did some research into the most annoying funeral songs or indeed the most hated funeral songs. The ones that are just used all of the time and should never be used. And they're just annoying songs of funerals. The worst of them all, apparently, the worst of them all, is My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion from Titanic. Apparently it's very popular. Um, I'm assuming that the person who has died has requested that as their song, or maybe others make the call for them. So, My Heart Will Go On uh, by Celine Dion, followed by Frank Sinatra's My Way. Right, I'm just reading them out for you. You can agree or disagree. These are the ones that are the most annoying your final track. So Celine Dion, number one. Frank Sinatra, My Way, number two. Always Look on the Bright Side of Life by Monty Python at number three. Another One Bites... <laughs> Another One Bites the Dust by Queen, which I think is a great idea. I mean, you know, put a smile on people's faces to remember you with. And after that, Robbie Williams' Angels. They're the top um, with regards to those that... Firstly, the ones that people choose and what the people hate most. So I don't know whether they're the most, they're five most hated or the five most popular or both. Anyway, text on that, will you? Just as a by the way, have you a chosen song organized um, as you go down the aisle in the box and either go to the cemetery or to the crematorium? And if so, what song is it? 086 8104 Amor's on the ball here already. She says, what about Highway to Hell by ACDC? <laughs> or if it was a woman who wasn't particularly nice, how about Ding Dong, the witch is dead from the Wizard of Oz? Oh, I love this one. I might even pick this one. Going underground by the jam. But hold on a second. They tell me I'm not going underground. I've been informed that I'm going to be cremated. Or Bon Jovi's I'll sleep when I'm dead. Keep them coming. Have your song chosen for when it's all over? And if so, what is it? Text 0868104106. I might get to play one or two of them, perhaps on Friday. Friday is that kind of a day, isn't it? Anyway, back to the phone lines we go. Damien, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you okay, doing? Uh, you have a very interesting point of view. For those that are complaining or angry or frustrated about the systems that we live under in these times, go and try and set it up yourself, is it? Yeah, well, look, I was just saying, like, this, this whole, like, look, Maybe I'm in the privileged few, but as I said to, your, to, to Brenda there, like, I mean, if, if this was a problem everywhere, you would, your system would crash with the phone calls, okay? So How are you I, one of the privileged in the sense you've been fully vaccinated and have a cert, is it? 
got my vaccine on the 19th or on the 15th on the 19th email arrived downloaded to my phone boom ready to go so now even though I wouldn't I can go and plan my holiday but I just think the people that plan their holiday on the assumption that everything would be rosy I, I put them up there with to a certain degree with the people who and there are plenty of on your show as well who book their holiday six months in advance and then 10 days out realise their passport's out of date and it's everyone's fault that they can't get a passport that's well, real that's think, real life for people who run busy households and have busy lives sometimes they forget but, but Neil Neil and, and one of my brothers is the same as this right they, did, they didn't forget to sit down and book their holiday so why didn't they look at their passport then like realistically I mean is it, is we could all be guilty of that like when was the last time say for instance yeah, I me personally no, checked the date of my driving license Neil there's no problem being guilty for it but accept the responsibility for it then don't make it the passport office's fault or in this case the HSE's fault that you can't get what you need it's like you know if, you, if you're driving to the airport and your car's out of diesel and there's no petrol station open is it all the petrol station's fault <laughs> You know what I mean? People need to start. There's a thing called a locus control, the internal and external. And Irish society is moving completely external with it. Whereas everyone's fault but mine, poor me. I booked my holiday. I don't have my cert now. I arrived in Malta without doing my research. Like, but hold on a second. You know, Apart from the indoor of a pub or the indoor of a restaurant, everybody's working. And people want to know why government departments aren't in work working. You know, the passport office isn't answering the phone. They've disabled online. There's no chat. Hang on, hang on. I agree with you there. The passport office is a a little bit of a joke now. Come on, you know what I mean? But I'm talking about go back two years when this is happening. You know what I mean? No, but I'm I'm, no. That's fine. But I'm talking about the today, the now. They put on two helplines and put sixty people answering the calls. (laughs) I mean, they could get Voxpro, who have thousands of people down a man. Just give them the gig. Yeah, I, I agree. They could, and they should have, because this is part of the problem. Everybody, com- everybody complains about privatisation until it suits them. I mean, this is why we, you know, Irish Water, you know, people were against it, and and, and this is why Lewis is private, not because. But in fairness, Damien, don't, don't you see what I'm saying? You don't have thirty people on the first helpline. Introduce the second one and put it up to sixty people on the helplines, and think that it's going to work. I mean, that's probably a definition of insanity. I look, sure, look, I mean, we, we, we know the country's not perfect, but I'm just saying, like, you know, realistically, and, and I know where you're going to jump on my, down my throat now, no. I still don't think going away for, I mean, it's roasting out here now, I still don't think that it's absolutely crucial and urgent that people have to get away on holidays. I mean, I've had, had one holiday in the last couple of years anyway, all right? But I mean, like, you, you know, do you know what I'm going to say? Do you know what I think about that, having uh, taken stock of it there recently? I don't think that the good weather here actually constitutes anything close to an actual holiday. Holidays oh, changes. No, no, no. You're right. I mean, look, the one holiday I had, it was great. It took 30 or 40 quid for two of us to have steak and wine and, you know, your 250 beers and just... Different surroundings, away from the oh, familiar. Maybe all together, absolutely, 100%. But that's, that's the way it is. I mean, I heard... Was it, was it earlier on you had somebody talking about €8.50 for a glass of wine? But on the other hand, people will give out about wages here. So inquire about the wages of your serving staff in Portugal when you're getting your €2.50 glass of wine. So nothing is, you, you can't compare like with like in that sense. But look, back to my original point. Oh, just on that point though, I get a lot of grief. I see texts already. Please, please, please let me remind you, it's not all holidays people are going overseas for. What about the families who have not seen each other for years with family members abroad, babies who've been born in the pandemic who've never 
never met their grandparents in Portugal, Poland or Spain. 100%. 100%. Yeah. And all those people are, are sitting for two hours because Tommy and Mary want to go to Costa del whatever for their cheap wine and their booze. <laughs> it, you, know, you know what I mean? It, it, it managed the load here. If it was only all people, you know, and you had a girl on a couple of weeks ago who had to go to Macedonia for uh, urgent dental care, you know, yeah, it was only urgent because if she went over, her veneers weren't, were going to expire. Like, come on, you know, like, people are very selfish. There's a whole load of people on, on, uh, backing up that um, call thing now that aren't going for maybe two weeks, that's fine. Okay, I'm not saying it's fit for purpose, I'm just saying uh, Irish people were gone very selfish. You know, so that's all. And I just think, personally, my own thing is, I'm very lucky. I've got my vaccine thing. But um, I suppose, to give you a small bit about me, I, I, I'm, I'm a retired skydiver. But one of the things I always did in skydiving was I never went up in the first load because I let all those people find out what was going up in the sky. And I'm doing the same thing here now. What did you do? I, I mean, clearly you checked the parachute. That was the most important thing you did, no, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. But, but you, can't, you can't tell what's happening with the winds at 10,000, 12,000 feet from the ground. So you so jump first and I go after you. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I stay on the ground and all the anxious lads that want to jump can go. So I'm doing the same, I'm applying the same principle here. I leave everybody else off on holidays and they, it's called pathfinding. I learn from them and I go, keep your grand. Well, <laughs> you haven't, you haven't gone splat on the tarmac yet. <laughs> no, still, still rocking and rolling, still rocking and rolling. But that's all I'm saying. Like, I mean, look, right. have a bit of patience, lads. And I mean, I, I personally would not book my holiday unless in my lava was my search and my passport, and the money for it, and my ID for getting drink, and Nurofen for the following day. That's it. Let's you know? get some responses to your conversation then. Can't Thank wait. you so much, David. Cheers. Take care. <laughs> Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six on that text zero eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Back after the break. Hold on there, John. Back to you in a second. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. Eighteen fifty one zero four one zero six. Red FM. It is an awful experience to be scammed. A few years ago, I received a call from my bank asking, "Was I in New York?" I wasn't, but my account was completely cleaned out. I didn't give any details on my card to anyone I knew of, but sometime later I heard that the ticket machines in Heathrow Airport had been skimmed, and I did use my card on one of the machines, so that is the only thing I can think of. Love the show, says Sinead. Well, you say the ticket machines, I think you probably mean the ATM machines in Heathrow Airport were skimmed, and you withdrew money from them. Yeah, that can happen. Unfortunately, back in the day as well, where, um, you know, sometimes waiters and waitresses took your card away from the table, uh, particularly if you were overseas, that can happen. They just copy it. They just copy your card or they take your number or they take the code on the back of it. Um, then there can, there can be things like where you just don't know how in the name of God it happens. I got a Bank of Ireland text to confirm a spend for Deliveroo. I never clicked on it. But I decided to check my account on my app and three payments were taken out. Then separate exchange fees as it was used in the UK. How did they get my card details? I never confirmed the spend. After they investigated, I got the money back and I got a new card. You were lucky you got the money back because the bank actually did send you um, a text to confirm the spend and you didn't. So when you didn't, why did they pay it out anyway? So, I mean, I guess that's why the bank... Uh, sent it back. But Christina has now set up the GoFundMe and she lost an astronomical amount of money. Um, 
This was people who called her and said they were from the Department of Social Protection. Her PPS number was being used for criminal activity. She was going to be arrested. It was a four-hour call. It's heartbreaking. If you heard it yesterday, if you didn't, you can listen to it on the Red FM podcast. My apologies if there are podcast problems in the moment. They're endeavoring to rectify them. Uh, But that interview and all the other conversations are on my uh, daily podcast. But she said she's on... um, on GoFundMe and uh, she set up the page. It's called Support for Christina After Being Scammed. And we have the links on our Facebook and Twitter pages. She says, I'm absolutely overwhelmed by the support shown to me by the great people of Cork and Ireland. You may have heard my story on the Neil Prentiful Show. I'm a 30-year-old Spanish girl living in Cork since 2018. And she gives a, a click to the conversation that she had with me on air. Uh, as most of my friends in Cork are Spanish, I had no idea of all the scams that are happening and then she talked about the scam. Um, but anyway, it's there if you would like to help her out because she literally has been absolutely uh, cleaned out. Listen, keep those texts coming. Text 0868104106. Enjoy the sunshine. Uh, I always feel as if I'm taking my life in my hands these days when I play a summer song because you can't please everybody. I mean, if it were me and I had the courage, I would play the Isley Brothers' uh, Summer Breeze. But I tend to opt for the more... Uh, get down with the cool chicks and get down with the cool kids and the cool guys. You know what I mean? So I can't go wrong with this. I hope. Why you can't please everybody? Or would you want to please everybody? Bring it on. Oh, it's a summer song, isn't it? I can feel the sound of my feet. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.